listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We are the Elsers. Welcome to Elsner's a production of Galactic Network. I'm Gregor Sprague, and joining me, as always, is Corey Scott. Uh, for all info on the show, you can go to elsners.com. We'll have subscription links and show notes. And for all of our all the other Galactic Network programs, you can go to gncast.com. On Elsner's, we tend to shoot our mouth off without thinking, so we will both spoil things and swear liberally. And we have a special guest, Jackie Hearn, who is joining us. Jackie, how are you doing? Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back. I'm surprised you guys wanted me back after my fiasco <laughs> last time. Uh, we kind of talked immediately after the last time you were here and said, uh, can we get her back next week? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know why it took so long for us to actually work up the, the nuts to to ask you to return. But Are you it, kidding? It, yeah, no. <laughs> You could be a permanent fixture here. Oh, I had so much fun. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think no we all problem. just kind of like went around going, "How did that happen? How do we? How do we? <laughs> how do we off? That that turned out really good." I was trying to think about this earlier. If Jackie is our first returning guest, or if that goes to, <gasps> or if if it was Sean, because it was either Sean Burns or Jackie. I'm not what? sure who. Yeah. Oh, oh, it should be Sean, most definitely. Like, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't deserve that title, but uh, I appreciate that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I'm going to have to make myself a little, like, puppet tiara. Um, I've got a little puppet um, midnight cap. I'll put that on my head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear my little puppet midnight cap as my tiara of being possibly, we're not sure, but maybe she's that first returning guest. <laughs> Thank you very Sounds much. Fair. All right. Yeah. So it's never Corey, reason to doing? not crown you. I'm good, man. Uh, you know, it was a uh, it was a rough night. I I kind of I led a friend astray. I I pointed out to my my buddy Drake uh, how great Vanessa Hutchins looked last night, and I guess it pissed off his woman. I don't know what happened, but Drake, you know what? Just just deal with the bitch. I just I don't know. <laughs> Was that from the Billboard Music Awards? Did something happen there that I didn't? No, didn't this hear was at about? the McDonald's. We were just all hanging out at the Mickey. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> some some ten year old kid drove us there. He learned how by watching YouTube. Uh, the video he looked up was "How do you get diabetes?" Uh, take Drake and his friends to McDonald's. So I learned it by watching YouTube, Dad. <laughs> I learned it by watching YouTube. <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. Can we just in case, just in the most limited of case possibilities out there, um, Jackie, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourselves or where people might know you from? Oh, oh, oh. Why? Why am I qualified to possibly make? Yeah. Like why? 
Right. Um, Why are you qualified? Well, that's easy. You have a camera and a microphone. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> if you had two turntables, you'd be back. Uh, okay, let me make sure I uh, mute something here. Um, <clears throat> I had it back playing back in my ear there. Um, because I am not, I have not been a pro podcaster lately because I've been, I have not been podcasting much as much. Um, which is kind of strange for me because I seem to do it a lot. I don't know why nobody wants to listen to my crap, but I do enjoy uh, making um, videos like sock puppet videos and claymation videos and stuff. And I don't know. I, I don't really know where you would know me from in particular, um, but I hope that you enjoy my silly little videos on my YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Jackie Hearn, where um, some of these characters are actually above my head i don't know how well they come out on your screen and i've got some sets behind me but it, like i was telling you guys before in pre-show that like i realized it doesn't even look like i have actually set up a background it now looks like i've set up a circus behind me and i'm also a mad woman and you know at any <laughs> moment like 15 cats are going to start walking around in front of me so um yeah <laughs> so that's what you would know me from i don't know i don't know um <laughs> I say what? Well, I would, I'd, I'll probably say it this way: like going with the sock puppet thing, you've probably seen them on uh, Night Attack and yeah, um, a few other shows. Um, yeah, and- yeah, I'm 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 kind of reaching out to other podcasts and stuff. Um, <clears throat> I guess it's stuff I can't really talk about on you know publicly, but uh, I did some um, sock puppets for um, a few um, feral audio. Uh, if you're familiar with that network who does um, yeah. podcasts and um, yeah, that's as far as I can say, but not that I'm going to be doing anything for them. I'm just saying that I, that's what I've done. And so I'm, I'm kind of, bran- kind of almost branching out a little bit, trying to almost take this, take what I do, the productive stuff I do on my end to a different level to branch out this entire community because you know what 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 makes you guys successful and makes you reach out makes everybody else more successful because i think we're all like a very incestuous community aren't we <laughs> like, yep yeah the, so the, the way i like to think about it is it's like the, it's like the red green show um i don't know if you guys know the red green show but at the end what he was doing is a voice advice he just goes i'm with you we're all in this together yeah and that's podcasting essentially yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah yeah, particularly when it comes to us sort of what we love to call ourselves as geek and nerds. And sometimes I sleep, I, I lay awake at night thinking, I'm not geeky enough. I'm not nerdy enough. What can I do? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm just, <laughs> anyways, that's, uh, and, and, and also I like to think I'm funny when I'm not. So, <laughs> so there you go. I've staked my whole career <laughs> off of that. <laughs> thanks. Thanks again for having me on. No problem. Uh, but yeah, so now let's get into the news. Um, the first news story is that the Dark Crystal prequel series is set to arrive at Netflix. Um, there will be 10 episodes of the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Um, this is do- uh, being done and it's debut later this year. And it's a fantasy adventure show from the Jim Henson Company. Um, from what I heard from other things, it sounds like his daughter is... Um, sort of like behind it a little bit mm. and yeah so i have yeah, not Brian Henson and lisa henson i think have both been uh sort of upward 
part portions of the company for a while uh, have having anything to do with the uh, the Henson uh, Muppets or anything. Yeah. So this is where again, and I'm not blaming the fact that it came out in '82 and I didn't arrive on this earth until '89. I'm not blaming that because I have the VHS out in my wall of movies out in my in the living room. I've never seen the Dark Crystal, or I do not remember seeing the Dark Crystal. Um, so yeah, uh, can one of you guys explain what the Dark Crystal is? I'm assuming it's about a crystal that is dark. <laughs> uh, Jackie, you actually did research. Now, I've seen the Dark Crystal, but I saw it as an adult, so I didn't have the attachment to it. Uh, same thing with Labyrinth. I, I didn't get to watch them as a child, and I think that there's something that that changes how you react to it um, if you see it for the first time as a kid and certainly as when it came out in the early mm. 80s. I also know that The Dark Crystal uh, apparently came out at the same time as E.T., which is part of the reason why it didn't reach a, a level of success that mm. they wanted it to. So, uh, but if you want to describe it, I, I'm going to guess, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you might like a movie starring puppets. Maybe. Um, no, actually, you know, I did watch this as a child, um, and I have not watched it since. Um, and, you know, I one of my ex-longtime boyfriends slash fiancés lived together. It didn't work out, but we still, you know, long-time people um, who, you know, he and I were both geeks, and we loved Star Wars. We watched about a lot of things, but I remember him really being into the Dark Crystal and telling me about it and, like, really and he's like you gotta watch it again and i'm like really do i do i have to and i didn't i didn't the entire time um but i i've really um you know in the last particularly in the last two years have been going back to anything that is puppet or stop motion um you know the lambreth on the other on, on the other side however i did absolutely love um but i also really like david bowie um from kind of an early age not because he was during my time period so much but he was like influences on people that i really liked and right. so I, I i really got i really enjoyed that and i know that film very well this is when i didn't um really get into so much but uh i realized oh shit you know i really need to go back today and watch it so i started watching it again this morning and i have not watched the last 15 minutes which is sad, but I, I know where the story goes. I know about the story. And yes, it is it is very slow. And it would be hard for someone in a modern age today to watch and get into. Um, but it's but on a on a puppetry end and a set design and 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 that and and all of the just the the sort of creative like fantasy world, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and and you you should definitely just give it a run through when you've got the time to sit back and watch it. It moves very slow, and and honestly, I learned a lot from it on on the end of trying to create stories that are based on puppets and having a puppet act and interact because there 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 are a couple of main characters, um, and uh, and and I, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched, but. Um, 
there's Gelfings. There's these these two. There's a man and a woman Gelfing, and they're very young. And it's about their their sort of race and and how they need to get the shard crystals to change the dark crystal to make you know the world right again in a way without you know. But but the, those puppets when they interact and talk, I'm looking at them and I'm I'm, I'm looking very closely at their at their at their mouths and. You know, because I've been criticized on YouTube. I, I remember the worst criticism I ever got on YouTube was, why isn't the lip syncing up with the audio? And my response is, well, I did it within two hours. <laughs> like, so <Right>. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, d I thought when I rendered it, it worked, but it didn't. And and most of the time I do say get up, right? But that, but, you know, but in here and watching this, like I, it's not something that in our day and age we would have the tolerance for because and you know we're so used to all the CGI and and everything that that it it it, it um you you just can't you almost you almost can't escape the fact that you are watching a puppet video or a movie and so for me it was nice it was wonderful I I enjoyed my viewing this morning um, because of that but I'm looking at it from a different perspective so I don't know how well it, it fits to modern age but I love the fact that they're going to do not just a remake but a prequel and add to the adventure which may me may me make may make people enjoy the old one better after they've watched the prequel you know um that, or at least that's my thought but um i can go into the story and stuff but i don't think we need to really right i don't know no yeah it sounds cool again like as saying as the one who hasn't seen it and i will point out that it's being shot in england yeah. Um, or in the UK, and it'll feature Jim Henson's Creature Shop and Brian Fro uh, Frode, the original features uh, conceptual designer. And then um, it'll be produced by the Jim Henson Company and executive produced by Louis Leterrier, who did, um, I believe, both Now You See Me movies, if not just the first one. Um, Lisa Henson and Haley Stanford... Um, will also be executive producing um rita perugi will perugi will serve as a producer and then um the other part that i think is pretty interesting here is um the terrier is also going to direct the series while uh jeffrey addis and will matthews and um who they did life in a year and javier Grio, um uh, mark mark Sausch, I'm butchering names left and right here. No, you're doing really good. I thought about those too. Like I, uh, I looked up a lot of these people just to make sure I knew a little bit more about their puppetry background. Yeah. Um, yeah and uh, you know, you're doing really good. <laughs> um, he wrote, he wrote on lost. Uh, the, they'll pen the script and serve as co-executive producers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, this, it's funny. You're saying things about this that I was saying about last, about my last pick for um, the else views where I talked about a British TV show called uh, the Keith and Patty's uh, Picture Show, where they did a th in within a half hour, it was part documentary, like documentary, um, part recreating Ghostbusters, and they tried the whole part the whole time. Uh, Keith Lemon, he's going, "We gotta do everything practical. It's just gonna be practical," and all that, and then and they get to the part in Ghostbusters where they're fighting the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, but. So they go to CG and it's 8-bit because, you know, it's a TV show and they don't have the budget to do, you know, big thing. And they're like, all right, we'll go back to uh, to practical. And it's uh, Mr. Blobby. 
and I just I just had to laugh at that just because of how you know how funny that was and then Jackie brings this up and I'm like wait a minute you could take that for here um but no and then um a labyrinth sequel I mean I again I haven't seen labyrinth it is on, both of these are on the list of things you haven't that seen I'm the labyrinth no I haven't the bad part is and this might be the movie because uh, like I said I got an Xbox one back here and I got the one s so I can do 4k and I'm thinking I might do the labyrinth in 4k that might be what I buy as, hey, look, it's 4K and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm. And, and again, I think I think it would be if you're really into because you know, like, I mean, I love CGI and 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 actually, I think I'm kind of burnt on it because I had an ex-boyfriend who does uh, a lot of CGI for. He did like. Um, uh, the uh, Cowboys and Aliens um, mm-hmm. film and a couple oh, yeah. other things. Um, um, the men who stare at goats and some other things and you know and like so i saw him you know kind of craft all that and 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 i don't know it just kind of made me at that time even it made me a little sick of what it was taking away from the art of stop motion and animation yeah. and uh now 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 that i like him well i mean he was a little crazy and and i'm not just saying that because i'm crazy you know because there's always two <laughs> sides to every story but however like now like i i really like it, i don't know I, I i so much more feel that and and yeah. when i see a movie where i don't i i think we've kind of passed the threshold where there's no longer a question of whether can you have a stop motion or puppet uh puppetry animation show without having some cgi or you know like yeah. I, I feel like yes of course we have to but but it still makes me a little sick and I, because i find myself not really enjoying the film and looking into it and wondering what part is what you know and i, I think i've got a very good eye for it i was you know also a certified projectionist for years so i, I i've got that kind of eye to look for things on the screen um however i just feel like it it kind of I don't know. I just I love the idea that there's going to be a new puppet movie. Although I know this one definitely, as I said, is going to have everything mixed in, and there's going to be basically they're going to have one or two puppets with a green screen. It's going to be the same sort of bullshit. And here's here's honestly my hope, and it's to go to the Force Awakens. Um, they could have done the Force Awakens like they did the prequels. You know, where you got oh, digital oh. Yoda, you got all this stuff, uh, digital, 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 with the exception of, are they human? Well, then here's the actor. Sort yeah. Of yeah. But they didn't. They had, like, which is where you also got a lot of the great cameos, like Simon Pegg playing, um, uh, Star Wars nerds are going to bitch at me about the name, but <laughs> the, du- the dude who's like Ray's owner or whatever, um, and all that. And he's in the costume in the desert, trying not to have a heat stroke, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and, you know, you see scenes because I I remember watching uh, the Force Awakens, going, "What's CG? What's practical? You right. know, and all that stuff." Right. And and Does, so that's where that I kind think, of interfere with your experience a little bit. No, or, or, no. Okay, because I'm my love has always been for filmmaking. You know, like like it's one of those uh, things. Like yeah, I always no, tell, no, 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 no. Okay, yeah, right. It's 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 one of those things. Like if if I if I had you know I could do anything in the world, I would be a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And so that part intrigues me. It's one of those things. Like I 
I, I tell people, and now it's it's increased. But if if I could go on a set and see one scene be uh being made, it would be the scene in um Cabin in the Woods where the all the mo- creatures get out and they're it's just killing all the uh all the workers, mm-hmm. and you you just cut into the I think it's the kid it's like the two of the teenagers are in this office and you just see buckets of blood being thrown at the um at the at the window and all that it's like i'd want to see stuff like that and you know just to see how exactly they did that and why they did what they did mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah i and, think for me what happened with the prequels was not even so much the cgi aspect of it itself being the problem but it was the fact that you had real actors that were interacting with sticks and yeah. and you didn't have a buy-in and when you're watching it as good as the the animation and everything was for it you didn't feel a sense of peril for them you didn't feel any kind of connection to them in the story uh, i think cgi is great when it's used like msg when it's a flavor enhancer when it's something that you add in a little bit here and there but it doesn't take up the entirety of everything in the meal uh, because it's it's not something that you're going to be able to stomach very much of, and and you're not going to feel connected to it. You're not going to feel like this exists. You're just constantly looking for the, the fakeness of it. Um, but when you use practical effects and CGI together the right way, and the people who are, are in the film, and they, they have a sense of weight to the things that they're mm-hmm. interacting with, then it works out to me personally a lot better. So yeah. I, I'm perfectly comfortable watching a, something that's completely animated, but I'm not as comfortable watching something where it's a person that's in something that's all animated, unless we're talking about a Roger Rabbit situation, which is that's part of the charm of it. Yeah. And the other side is that, because um, Evan's asking, what about motion capture? Yeah, but that's te- exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah exactly. The, the technology is, is getting better, but and before I get to motion capture, but it, Corey, you're hitting on a point uh, that I want to echo because that's why I can't watch the Spy Kids movies. The Spy Kids movies came out when I was a teenager, when I was like a younger teenager, and I'm and it was when I was like at the time I'm like okay yeah this, these were cool entertaining movies, but now to watch them like when they're on Cartoon Network and I got nothing else to do, and to see like especially Spy Kids three, where it was set like in a video game. I'm like, it does not hold up. The movies that usually hold up more, you're like, yeah, you can always tell it was made in this time period, but not the effects look dated, especially for a movie that came out about 10 or just a little over 10 years ago. Like, like, like it was the case with Spy Kids, but it's the stuff that uses, uses, like you said, the uh, effects as more of a seasoning, not the whole fucking meal. Um, but yeah, and, and motion capture. I mean, honestly, motion capture has gotten so good. The ones, that, the thing I think that needs to get better if they're going to use it more and more is the using a younger version of an actor, um, like you've seen in uh, what was it, uh, Civil War and um, Tron Legacy and the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and there was another movie that used it as well that um uh, guardians of the galaxy volume two and uh you know like that has to get better because then it's 
like I think Guardians was the closest with um, the technology, but even looking at the previews for, uh... I, I I felt a little skeeved out by the use in Guardians too, probably because I've seen that person younger uh, a lot, and it it didn't look right. And I'm I'm not a huge it... fan of the taking the person and, and making them younger in these things it's it's i get why they're doing it but it seems like marvel especially has been leaning on that yeah a lot uh because once they did it the first time which the first time that i remember seeing it was in ant-man and then in civil war mm-hmm. and now in guardians 2 it just seems that they keep doing that and i'm not totally buying into it and i know a lot of people had issues with the cameo scene at the end of rogue one uh, I had issues with the entirety of a character's usage in Rogue One that was a little bit different uh, because, again, it made me feel like, all right, there's all these people that are actual people going around, and then there's this not person. And yeah. every time I see them up on the screen, I wait, can't wait, my brain Which one, which one in Rogue One was that? I'm sorry that I don't know because I, um, I've, I've only watched mo- – well, no, go, go ahead. Which one was it? It's – so what – Corey is alluding to and spoilers now for you, people. You can just tell me the name of the character. Yeah, no, no. Um, there, oh, there's that... two. There's two. If the that's... one he's referring to is Princess Leia, um, because oh, they oh did... yes, of course. And then, oh, that, but then okay, also, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you go down spoiler time. Oh no, 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 no you're okay. fine. You're fine. Look, look, oh, this is but a the second one that bothered warning. me. The one that bothered me was, and I think it was telegraphed a lot in in people. Anybody who's who's talking about the movie was the Grand Moff Tarkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. because that actor had had been dead uh in fact by the day that i saw it they were both dead so that was even weirder but at least uh carrie fisher had been alive when filming happened yes <laughs> but the entirety and, and, of me watching grand moff tarkin is i was looking at it like okay here's all of these actors and then here's a cutscene from diablo uh, it just it didn't quite click for me and i know a lot of people didn't have have as many problems as i had with it because they weren't de-aging the person they were taking somebody who we had all seen in the other star wars movies and just digitally recreating him but it always bugged me like his his mouth when you look in his mouth it looked very just black and hollow as opposed to what you would actually see inside of a mouth Uh, there are details and things that the eye can't keep from noticing uh, especially yeah. when it's on a large screen in a movie theater. Uh, so I was constantly taken out from that very differently than I was by seeing aliens and robots running around uh, because those are things that are already outside of the realm of normal for me. Like I see an alien and it's like, okay, I've never seen that alien before in real life. So the movie's kind of showing me what that would look like. But this human being that I've seen, uh, I'm reacting differently to. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess for me, I, I, I guess the point I was making about the, 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 um, about this film and, and what I do like about Dark, Dark Crystal is that it's heavy puppet with some green screen and, you know, you, you, the green screen is so obvious, you know, but, um, uh, but I, I really love and adore just full visual stop motion. I love the, the, the kind of the, just sort of the, just sort of the, um, genuine uniqueness of seeing certain items and you could tell 
fully that there is no CGI. And um, I would dream for a movie like that with, say, the, on the level of Dark Crystal. But I know that can't, that you can't, in this day and age, you can't do it without CGI. Um, but, uh, you know, like, I think, I think with the full-on stop motion, um, I think it's kind of regulated now to just short films. And there was actually one that I watched recently that I absolutely loved. And I think it's called The Maker the maker film and it won uh, several awards it's like a five minute video you can watch on youtube but it's it's beautiful and it's this guy creating another stop motion puppet and um so it, it, you know it's like i so that i don't know like i i guess i guess in, particularly in my world i don't ever see myself working on anything huge i see myself as keeping my sanity by doing yeah the stuff that I do just so that I don't lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> I mean, which is why I do, which is why I podcast, which is why I do all these other things. Um, and I, and then I have my day job, you know, so, um, but, but I, but, you know, but, but when I, when it comes to these films and they use the, the stop motion or, or even puppetry, um, it, it just hurts when, when, when CGI has to take over and save the day. You know, um, and and then like you were saying, even with Rogue One, like uh, just to save the day by bringing back characters. Like, do we even need actors anymore? Like, do they? Right. How long? Yeah, how long do they need to even exist? Like, we're always going to have a Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, even though she died last December, she's going to be around forever. Well, that, now, that's now, the thing is that it kind of went back and forth after Rogue One, uh, and when she passed away. Is is she going to wind up in episode nine, even though she hadn't filmed member stuff? And there was there was like there was a moment of oh yes, we have what we need for that, and then it was a backtrack of no, we're not going to do that. Uh, and 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 I don't even think it was a matter of rights with the with the, with the family and everything. I mm. think that they had the clearance if they wanted the clearance, and they just decided that it was better not to do that. Yeah, uh, because now am, am I the it, only it, one? It feels like weird poor taste to me in a way. Yeah. So am I the only one who was, like, I, I, I'll even throw it on the earth here, who was okay with both the Princess Leia and Grand Moff Tarkin roles in Rogue One? I don't like, think you're I, the I, only one. I just know that when I watched it, the, the, the Grand Moff Tarkin, for me, took me out of the picture. The Leia one didn't bother me as much, but I've heard quite a few people say the reverse. I and I th I think the reason why is because I saw and it could be a spe special feature on the Blu-ray that I haven't gotten to yet, but I heard that or at least I think the reason why is the actress who played um, the stand-in for Leia looked enough alike, uh, you know, like Carrie Fisher had the similar bone structure that Leia that Carrie Fisher did when she was you know, 18, 19 years old and filmed the first Star Wars that it made it look a little bit better. And I didn't really see that with the the guy who was the stand-in for Grand Moff Tarkin. Like, it was like, it was clear, like, oh, clearly he's, you know, he looks nothing like Grand Moff Tarkin. So that's probably why it was a little bit more jagged. Mm, interesting. I yeah. that. I had none of that. I didn't have any problem with that at all. I didn't have any problem with Rogue One. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I liked it all right. I just, I mean, I didn't really put a whole lot of thought into it. Um, yeah. Which I probably I should have. Because I have yeah, a I enjoyed the Star movie. Wars background. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I I found that it was a nice departure from the the usual uh, Skywalker Jedi stuff, uh, which is what I want. I want an expanded Star Wars universe, although they still had to kind of keep it close to those things. And then they introduced some of those characters towards the end of it. Uh, but I at least felt like this is a first step towards doing something new in Star Wars uh, mm-hmm. in, in the films that we haven't had yet. And that got me excited. But then the follow-ups are we're getting a young Han Solo movie. And that that's as much as I love Han Solo and, and is certainly probably the greatest character from all of that universe. Yeah. I don't need a young Han Solo movie as much as I like the actors and the choices that they've made for casting in that. And, and I'm sure it'll be a great movie. That is not what I was looking for. And I don't, ever in my life need someone else to play Han Solo besides Harrison Ford. Very good point. If they wanted a young Han Solo, they should have done it back in 1979. Or Although this is probably a better move than than yeah. using a facelift, a digital facelift on him. Yes. And having yeah. him running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a it's little like, crazy. Why does one-year-old Solo look like he's running around in an 80-year-old body? There are, enough, there are enough starving actors in Hollywood who could do a great job, just give him a new part, and yes, create a whole new adventure for us, please. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's the thing that I like about the new films is that I, I think they they were second guessing themselves a little bit in the in the first one, but as right. they go forward, the the more concentration on Ray and Finn and those new characters, I'm I'm more excited about the new characters. But again, they're tying it in in some way to the original stories, which I guess they have to if they want to finish off this this nine picture story. But then after that, as long as we don't get any more Roman numerals, uh, we should be able to get new stuff yeah all right the next story that we have here is that tom hardy is going to star as venom in the venom movie with ruben fleischer to direct now tom hardy is um as you might know he played he's i think he's the third now the third or fourth person to be he'll be both a marvel character and a dc character because he was Bane in uh, Batman Rise or The Dark Knight Returns. No, Rises, sorry. Um, and he's going to be in this, um, the, the movie, uh, the Venom movie with Zombieland Helmer, Ru- Helmer, uh, Ruben Fleischer um, on board to direct. And this is all coming, you know, when Spider Man Homecoming is still two months away, or still a month away. Sorry, I forgot this article's a little older. Um, and. I guess the the with how the article describes the talks to the directors and the actors ramped up after um the after Hardy uh exited uh JC Shandor's action thriller Triple Frontier and Sony saw this like hey there's our window grab him um and you know Fleischer's done you know like I said the uh, Zombieland movie he's uh I think he's done some other TV stuff too but I can't I can't think of exactly what it is um, and then Scott Rosenberg, um, who who uh, wrote for Jumanji, and Jeff Pinkner, who wrote The Dark Tower, a little movie coming out here soon. I'm um, assuming Scott will... Rosenberg is the new Jumanji, or are we talking about the I original think... Jumanji? Yeah, I think so. Um, oh, whoa. 
There's a new Jumanji? It's coming yep, out in started... 2017. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Johnson. A... Oh, no. It's so... Okay, so real quick with that one. I think <laughs> go, 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 go. Sorry. It stars, it stars The Rock, Karen Gillan, um, I think Jack Black, and yep. then another person that they show in the pictures that I can't uh, remember. The the screamer, uh, Chris, the guy who was just in the CIA. Kevin movie Hart. With the rock. Kevin Hart, yeah. Okay, so, and from what it looks like with the pictures, because there was a lot of, there was the uh, picture of them in the jungle, and there was, like, big kerfuffle over the fact that, um, you know, Karen, or Karen Gillan, like, this isn't feminism, because she's wearing, you know, this... You know, Tomb Raider-esque outfit and blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, okay, hold up. Let's look at the script first, morons, before you before you get all blah, 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 and stuff. And um, so I think he's writing that one. But it's I think it's supposed – I think the Jumanji one is supposed to take – is supposed to be based off of the board game that's in the first movie, that's in the Jumanji movie. Wow. So they're all playing – the board pieces that you play in the movie so that's why that's why they say she's you know wearing the uh sure. crop top or whatever shirt yeah. is you know shows her midriff and god i sounded so old there i mean i'm looking at the images of it now and i mean she doesn't look like come on she's not wearing a goddamn bikini <laughs> right yeah, and, I mean, and, and i don't know that you can say because of her outfit she's not a feminist uh as a as a male feminist, uh, I think it's up to her whatever the hell she wants to wear and whatever she exactly. feels comfortable in wearing in a film. And yes, it, it may be something that we look at and she's very attractive to the male gaze. Well, I mean, but honestly, isn't Lauren Croft kind of a, a feminist? Exactly. I mean, you know, I, I always digged her because she's a badass woman who can, you know, I, I don't know. Um, all right. Sorry. I didn't mean that. No, 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 that is one hundred percent right, though. That is exactly it. I know a lot of of women who played the Tomb Raider games because it was finally here's mm-hmm. a game that mm-hmm. stars a, a woman in the lead role, and she kicks ass all the way through it. And it's right. it's like what guys have had for years, but finally there's one for us. And she wasn't stupid, and it wasn't just. I mean, there was some sexualizing her, and certainly the internet liked to go fucking nuts with it. But mm-hmm. that's not what it was all about. It, she was a she was a well. That's going to be a terrible word to say. She was a complete character. Let's <laughs> go with that. And and she was intelligent. And she she was an action character yeah. and an intelligent character. Ass. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and the comics okay. and everything. I mentioned in the in the notes that I could, we could talk about Wonder Woman if we ever get to that. It's the same thing with Wonder Woman. Like, um, but however, I think of because I'm looking at the 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 screen or screenshot that or whatever they have on IMDb for the film, and mm-hmm. looking at the um uh four of the main characters here. If anybody should be insulted, it should be Jack Black because he looks like shit. And Jack Black <laughs> is one of my longtime heroes from Tenacious D and Mr. Show with Bobby David and all that. So like Jack Black, man, like. <laughs> He's really playing up this character here with a big, you know, uh, I don't know. It, it just so yeah. I mean, they they all look like cartoon characters, and I think that's yeah. what they're supposed to look like, right? Kind of in a oh, way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, so back to <laughs> the oh, Venom article. 
no, oh, no, yeah. no, it's fine. It's fine because <laughs> I, I was like, wait, this dude's been around for a while. If he's written, if he wrote the, you know, Robin Williams Jumanji, but Corey's in, Corey brought it up right. Um, so this is this is Sony expanding their universe while they still have the rights to the Spider-Man, um, the the world of Spider-Man, while he's well, being shared with Marvel. But oh. as as it's kind of been made out is that this isn't actually connected to Spider-Man, at least not yet. Uh, so it's not going to interact with Spider-Man at this point in time. Probably not until. At the very least, Sony's deal with Marvel stops because yeah. then they're going to have this question of, well, why is there a Venom and then there's Spider-Man, but we're not going to involve some of the other characters from the Marvel Universe? Or does Venom then connect to the Marvel Universe? They're trying to keep this sectioned off until the point where they no longer have to because the rights things. So what it, it's been proposed, and I don't know the background of this completely, is that the Venom movie and possibly their Black Cat and Black or uh, Silver, Sable Silver Sable films are all going to be in their own Spider-Man without Spider-Man universe. Yeah. And I just don't know. I was telling Beatmaster when we found this story last week, a Venom movie without Spider-Man to connect to it to me feels like the Holly Berry Catwoman movie mm-hmm. because it has no bearing to what the character actually is then. And the whole point of Venom is it's built around his first, his interactions with Peter Parker that makes him what he is then becoming Eddie Brock. And then the, the actual vengeance against Peter Parker. So I don't get it as, as a, as a comic book fan, uh, as as not a huge Venom fan, but certainly as someone who wants to see things go from the comics to the screen that make the most sense, I don't understand what the what the deal is here. Uh, yeah, I mean, m- my big thought right now is the fact that, like you said, this is you know Venom without Spider Man. This is, and it's I think it's because of the fact that. I'm of the mindset where it's like, let's just, you know, give Marvel all its toys back and, (laughs) you know, let them, you know, create these stories. That's That's how I know I've properly made a, made a a woman like laugh as if she snorts. Okay. Sorry. Um, Oh no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, but I think on it, like, and I hate to use a <laughs> sorry. I had to go find Beats quote or Beats response to what, no, you didn't. Uh, no, what you didn't. Corey had said. Absolutely did not. No, I did. Uh, I I no, I had to because I'm like, wait, what was it? Is this something I could say? Um, but no, I mean, I think with the Venom and, or the Venom movie, the Silver Sable and uh, Black Cat movie. These are gonna. These are gonna be Sony's last attempts at uh, at proving to Marvel that they can play, that they can tell good stories with these characters. Otherwise, Marvel, aka Disney, is gonna be like, "Here's money. Give us our stuff back." I don't know that 
Sony would have a problem with cut us a big enough check, but it's a question of what's a big enough check. It's not they have to prove to Marvel. They have to prove it to moviegoers. They have to prove it to people who go to see these films that they can sell a movie without Marvel's hand in it. And while that initially worked at the, the very beginning of, of the Marvel universe in, in film and the Spider-Man standalone and the X-Men standalone and all these things, they had their successes at their time and, and certainly big successful films, but the returns on them became lower and lower as we saw how Marvel handled the characters versus these other companies handling the characters. Uh, and then there's Fox, who's had zero success with Fantastic Four, essentially, and still hasn't yeah. determined that they should hand that back over. They they just don't know. They they let Daredevil go back over, and you look at the success of the Netflix shows that have happened with that. They let Blade go back over, and we haven't seen Blade yet, but we got Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this season, and the reactions yep. from and that, that was... portion of it were very good. So yeah. certainly there is an amount of can Sony ever accomplish what Marvel can accomplish? Uh, do they always have to go hand in hand with this, this completely other company uh, just because they have perpetual rights until they stop making the movies? Uh, or is it always going to be like, we'll just do whatever we can to get the bucks that we need to, to, to let it pay off in the end and, and just keep throwing shit at the screen. Maybe. Sony's not going to give up the IPs without doing every last trick they can to to make it a success. But what they haven't shown us so far that one of the tricks in their arsenal is making a great Spider-Man movie beyond the ones that Raimi did the first two. Opinion, the completely opinion. I did not enjoy no, no, the yeah. Spider-Man films. No, I mean and. You're not that far off because, or I, you know, I did enjoy the Amazing Spider-Man uh, movies, but I, I enjoyed them. It's one of those things like I liked the, I like I, I like parts from both, and it's like if you combine them both together, then you would have had, in my opinion, a perfect, um, a perfect, uh, you know, Spider-Man movie. And this is coming from you know, Spider-Man is my is the first superhero I really got behind as a kid. You know, like he's at the top of my list and stuff like that. So, I mean, to see, to, to see this, it's sort of like, that's why I'm always like, come on, Mar Sony, just give Marvel back their toys so they can make some good fucking shit. That's why I, I'm always like that. It, it's also, to me, I always get frustrated of if you don't, make something that's true to the origins and and the the best parts of the characters then why are you doing anything with that license at all why not just make something new and and we are we're in an age of everything is a giant ip farm and and marvel's part of the biggest ip farm being part of disney you know disney has now bought out two of the largest franchise three if you if you include indiana jones i think is part of that but well, Certainly yeah. the two largest franchises between Star Wars and mm -hmm. Marvel and then Making their own the Disney franchises. Yeah, right. yeah, it's it's Disney shouldn't be an IP farm like that. And as Beatmas is pointing out, Disney also owns Pixar. But 
Disney utilizing Pixar is part of, I think, what's killing Pixar, which is that they've just gone to let's do more and more sequels, which was what some something that Pixar did not really do a lot of before getting acquired by Disney. They wanted at first they kept saying Pixar, you should do a a direct to uh, VHS sequel to a Toy Story right after it came out. They're like, no, no, no. If we do another Toy Story movie, it's going to be released in theater and it's going to be just as good or better than the first one. And yeah. they didn't do the things that DC or that Disney was doing, which was just like, oh, you like The Little Mermaid? Well, here's a prequel to Little Mermaid direct to, to VHS. You, you like uh, Beauty and the Beast? Well, here's here's another Beauty and the Beast thing that's kind of like just a throwaway story. The the second Aladdin the that didn't even have Robin Williams in it. it. It just they didn't care because it was an easy cash grab for them. And Pixar wasn't willing to do that. But now we're getting not only did we have Cars 2, but we're getting a Cars 3. It, we're, we had Mar, uh, Monsters University. We had, oh, what are the other ones that they've been just pumping out sequels to? And now we're getting a Toy Story 4 after Toy Story 3 put the perfect pin on that. Uh, I just uh, Finding Dory. Yeah, uh, that's finding right. Finding Dory. Finding Dory. Which was... Which is perfectly sweet, but nowhere near what the first film was. And Pixar didn't used to be that way. And and certainly, the head of Pixar now being in a big wig in, in Disney, his focus has been changed. And Disney's own properties, the new things that they've done, have been doing better and better. But they've been in, they've been inventing new stuff themselves, which is great. But now they're also at the same time, like every animated film we've ever done that we don't have to pay the rights to. Let's do another one of those. Uh, let's do Beauty and the Beast live action. Let's do Cinderella live action. I, I just I don't really cotton to that. And if Sony yeah. wanted to do anything, they should be creating their own properties so that they don't have to always have uh, Marvel nipping at their heels, and so that they could not have to constantly worry about we have to put it on another Spider-Man movie. It's been five years and, and the contract's going to bust on us. Well, then get something that you don't have to worry about doing that with. So you don't have to have a movie out there just to have it out there and see if it tanks or not. Just make a goddamn new thing and make a great film. And if you want to make your own superhero movies, make your own superhero movies. But you know who did a really amazing job making a superhero movie when nobody else would make one? The Wachowskis when they did The Matrix. The Matrix was a, we're going to make our own superhero films. This is how we're going to tell that story. And nobody isn't, was willing to make a superhero movie at the time. And they gonna, said, well, this is what we're going to do. Isn't there going to be a remake of The Matrix? Yes, but not with them. Oh, okay. At this point. But yeah. if you yeah. haven't, but check, also, out, check out their Sense8, which is yeah, really Yeah, they're good. also really busy with Sense8. I've been working on, you know, working mm-hmm. on that, killing that I mean that's a, such a like Corey said. If you haven't seen it, check it out. They just released the the rest of season two because mm-hmm. they did they did the interesting thing of instead of doing a special like just a standalone you know Christmas holiday special, it was the it was the uh, beginning of season two and all that. But yes, yeah, so, like go check that out on Netflix right now. Um, Jackie, what are your thoughts on, you know, Tom Hardy as Venom? Um, I don't know. I'm okay with it, I guess, because it just, um, 
I don't know. It seems like every every uh, every year or every two years we need a new Spider-Man, I, or or spinoff, or or, and uh, no, but but the um, definitely that whole weird dynamic of Spider-Man being the crossover between the two universes. Um, I don't know. It's just it it almost seems like. It almost seems like a cop out in in many ways that pe- that 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 how or or different the the different movie companies are using it yeah. as a way to to gather both like you know because they know that either I mean the it, it, the, the whole Marvel versus uh, DC is so as I call it an East Coast versus West Coast experience like now more than ever. And it's and it sucks. I don't want to fucking hear it, guys. Like, I mean, and and so, um, but 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 that but that's exactly what it's become. And um, oh, I had a note for Wonder Woman that I wondered if she was getting a little bit of backlash because she's DC or whatever. But who knows? I I I mean, I don't really care. It's perfectly fine. But um, no, I mean, I don't know. Other than that, I don't really have any other thoughts on it. Um, I wasn't really familiar with that character. Um, I de- definitely did see. Um, what was it? it? Was Spider-Man three or the the yeah the, yeah yeah the um, Spider-Man three is one where yeah right. Topher Grace is Venom yeah 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 and uh, so that's fine that's fine just do your thing and roll with that character. Um, okay, so you've seen. So I'll ask you this because you've seen Spider-Man three. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a, and I hate to say it, but that is going to be a more accurate interpretation of the comic book version of Venom than right. this Venom movie. Mm. How do you how do you feel about that? Because that's where I'm a little leery. Because in the comics and in you know in the TV show that I, from the '90s that I grew up watching, it was one of those like you know, okay, Venom came from space. And got on Spider-Man. That's why he looks like Spider-Man, but right, 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 right. in black and white. Right. Um, well, I, 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 I don't know. I just, at this point, I've kind of given up. My hands are in the air. Like, <laughs> you know, like there's just going to be, there's just going to be this. I don't, I don't think it's going to stop. And I, I don't know. I think it kind of almost parallels the way that, um, you know, um, there are so many shows, there's so many films, there's so yeah. much entertainment out there. And then there's now more niches that, that people can get into. And I, I just, I kind of feel like it's, it's just sort of an expansion of that, that like, I mean, that's why we have a Wonder Woman film. We wouldn't mm-hmm. have had one otherwise. Uh, but now there's room for it, but 10, 10, 15, or in the nineties, we wouldn't have had room for it. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. My, my thoughts are not very intelligent or smart or on point on this, but I don't know. It could be the Jim Bean I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> what the problem is, is not so much even that Venom exists in a movie outside of, of Spider-Man, which itself is, is ridiculous, and that Black Cat and Silver Sable are going to also have to deal with being Spider-Man characters in non-Spider-Man films, or no. that Spider-Man no. is is kind of torn between two worlds like access from the amalgam universe when they crossed over Marvel and DC. It's really the fact that everybody feels right now that they need to create giant franchises to compete with what Marvel has done in their movie properties. If Marvel was making movies that weren't Marvel superheroes, 
maybe it would be a little bit different. But all Marvel does is concentrate on taking their IPs yeah. and, and making this giant Marvel universe. Now, how that's going to work going forward in a few years when everything needs to reboot because so many actors are going to leave these parts, I don't know. But mm-hmm. Warner Brothers has the capability of doing that because they own DC. It makes complete sense to do that. In fact, it, it's one of those things they've struggled to launch a Justice League movie before because they weren't doing that. They were just trying to create a Justice League film and not including the person who was playing Batman at the time, Christian Bale, because he didn't want to be involved in that. He only wanted to do the things with the one director he was already working with. Uh, they didn't include the the Superman that they were working with at the time and Brandon Routh, which is probably a good idea. But now they've, they've got this jump uh, from Man of Steel where they're going forward and they're saying, yeah, we're doing what Marvel's doing. For good or ill, um, mm-hmm. but at least it makes sense they're doing that. But for these other companies, like Universal is doing the stuff with their Universal Monsters, their, their uh, Dark Universe or whatever dark they're universe. calling it. Yeah, yeah which is because we own all the Universal Monster rights, so you're going to see the Mummy and Dracula and Jekyll and Hyde and the Creature from the Black Lagoon, probably, and all these other characters intermingle in a way that, whether or not it makes sense, but we want to have this giant balloon franchise. And that's the thing that I find frustrating, is because in some ways it doesn't make sense from a story perspective. It's just we want what Marvel has. We want to do what they're doing because look at the success they're having. They're not thinking about the fact that Marvel built that thing to be successful by starting small and growing in a in a smart way. And because those characters all interacted with each other for 70 years in the comics first, it's like, no, we'll just figure it out. We'll just make something that will connect them all. In, in the Universal's case, it's Jekyll and Hyde running some organization, even though that makes no sense for the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Let's just throw it in there. Let's just see what happens. So you don't get a mummy movie that's going to be a mummy movie. You get a mummy movie with a with the spine on it attached that is this whole organization run by this completely other character that then has to lean into, and next we're going to meet the Bride of Frankenstein. And then next we're going to meet the Invisible Man and all these things. And it's like, but what if I just got a, a good Invisible Man movie? You know, what if I just got a good Bride of Frankenstein movie? Although it seems like, there's been no shortage of tries at making those movies, and they haven't really been that good. Uh, the the Dracula that they launched just a couple years ago was supposed to be a part of this, and that thing tanked terribly. So back to the drawing board with that. It's kind of like what could have happened with Man of Steel, but they just said, let's run with it anyways. I, I just I think it's silly to try to create a whole universe after or before the fact of trying to make a good movie. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's it's one thing to say, hey, we had success with Cheers, so after Cheers, we're also going to do this other thing called Frasier. Sure, you know, because Cheers was great, and I know that it has to end, but I'd love to see more of something from these these creators and, and maybe some of those characters. So I'll follow Frasier over. Oh, but, I, lo- I love how you're very careful not to compl- compare it to Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, because you know I'll get on your ass. <laughs> but, but that because is Better exactly Call Saul is a prequel, not a sequel. Uh, no, Better Call Saul is not a prequel. It is well, a, it takes it is a place, prequel. It's it a takes sequel place before... It's a sequel yeah. and it's concurrent. 
It is it is all of those things. So anyways, but, but, but that's for another discussion or another time. Gregor, it's or a little bit more like Sin City or like Pulp Fiction. Uh, because it's stuff that happens both before, after, and concurrently. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. But th- again, there were people who were hungry for more from, from the people who created Breaking Bad. And maybe they did not realize that they would like a better call Saul. Well, well, for, I mean, so. on my end, uh, yes, I was hungry for the extra stuff on Better Call uh, Breaking Bad. I, I loved what Terry Gillum and uh, Peter Gould and everybody did on in the writers and the creators, all of them. I could name them all for days. Uh, I love what they did for Breaking Bad. However, what I love about Breaking Bad, I mean, Better Call Saul, is it's actually even more intense. It's 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 very more character driven, and but not only that, it is um it's it's something that is uh it's it's it is very unique to the original creation it is another story on its own and because of the focus and the way that they bring the stories together it is something very completely different because now when you go back if you go back and look at breaking bad it looks like it's um it it it, it, it looks kind of weak looks like weak cable television to me if you go back to the first season or so but anyways i'm sorry that's for another but, show but another that's, time, that's right? because they spent years building experience and working in a writer's room and, and getting better at what they were doing. So why not make a better story? You know? Right. So I don't, I don't know that. Well, Frazier, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's say I don't that, know that Frazier let's... is better than cheers. Oh, I don't but, know that it's better, but it's, I think it's the same sort of thing is that it's but very I know good. That, but I know that the show's better call Saul is better than breaking bad. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's save the better call Saul talk for a little bit later here. Oh, I didn't um, know we were going to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we, we can skip right over that when we get to that point. <laughs> um, let's let's get to the the next story because we still got we still got two more news stories here, and these both should be <laughs> fairly quick, which means it only takes three hours. Um, that's the, the, <laughs> the problem with having me on your show is that it's going to last five hours. Oh no, no, it's no, it's it's fine. It's great. It's great. Um, the the next story is it's a two parter. Uh, Black Lightning is ordered two series at the CW. This is the next. Um, this is actually coming from Fox. It was originally going to be there. Um, this is the next Greg Berlanti um, produced show. And then the other part of it is Black Lightning is officially not in the quote unquote, excuse me, Arrowverse. Um, so the so the, basically the the whole thing of this is this is not going to be. Um, Black Lightning is not going to be a part of, you know, in the same universe as Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Flash, and Arrow, which I say thank you. Um, well, let's back up for a second because what they say is at this time. True, right. but I I look at that more as a what you said earlier. Let's tell good stories. Not we don't need a five way crossover. We don't need a fatal five-way no. match with the Dominators and, you know, all these other people. Sorry, I threw a wrestling term in there for fun. <laughs> um, and, but, and the, the cool part that I have with this is some of the stars in here, I'm like, all right, this is cool. So, Black Lightning is uh, going to be played by um, former Heart of Dixie star, Cress Williams. And then also in there, there are some people that... You guys may not know, but if you are, you know, younger, you might know them. Like, so, uh, Nefessa Williams, China Ann McLean, who's a former Disney Channel star, um, and Christine Adams. So, I'm assuming 
China and McLean is going to play Crest William, one of Crest Williams' daughters. Um, but this is the the whole thing is going to be um, based on uh, Jefferson P- uh, Pierce, a, a man wrestling with a secret. He, he's the father of two and the principal at a charter high school, and he's also a superhero and stuff like that. Um, I'm really, really oversimplifying the. Uh, oversimplifying this but i'm it's it's a little bit like the incredibles yeah except is as opposed to two superhero parents he was the superhero and he gave up being a superhero because his wife asked him to and because they had kids and she was afraid he was going to be killed so he stopped it and became a principal at a school and it's only because of how bad things have gotten in their their neighborhood and how fearful he is for his family that he decides to go back into it again. And and what this is, is a very different feeling from the other shows, which is good. It distinguishes itself because it's about a father, which is not something that we've had in, in, a, in a lead character on one of these shows so far. It is uh, certainly a different place, uh, a, an urban aspect, uh, an urban world. And we've got characters of color in the leads we've got a lot of things that's going to make it feel gritty in the way that arrow did but maybe not so over the top in the way that arrow was it's it's a street yeah. level hero and and beatmaster really compared it to the luke cage stuff that was on netflix recently i think it's very interesting i don't think that saying it's not part of the rest of the Arrowverse is a hundred percent accurate what i think that probably means is that it exists on its own until it doesn't which does not mean it's on a separate plane a separate universe like supergirl is because supergirl actually was in a different universe she was on cbs i feel like it's more we're not concentrating on a crossover or any of that in the first season because we want to let this establish itself but it could very easily get there i don't think it's impossible for them to do yeah if they want to and if it makes sense for the stories as long as they concentrate on it for the stories because the the crossover stuff while fun and certainly the most fun i've had this season of any of the the cw superhero shows is not great it's it's just a good time yeah but it's not great storytelling it's a lot of of force feeding it to make it work in that that button uh but this this is a cool character it's certainly a a good concept it it brings something new to it and and i like what i see of the potentials of some of the stories going forward and black lightning is a great character in and of itself and if they do grow the show to have more superpower characters uh, it makes a certain degree of sense to have him form an outsider's team, since that's classically one of the 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 connections that Black Lightning yeah. has had in the comics. Yeah. So, uh, real quick before we get Jackie's opinions, I mean, I just wanted to add that I I don't. I mean, I I do like this. I haven't seen any of the trailers and stuff for it. I, I like this idea, and this is something that I think I'm going to say something that you, Corey, you have said. You had said a while back ago. Um, the problem I'm starting to have with the uh, DCW shows that we have to borrow 
uh, Tom Mer- a phrase that Tom Merritt coined here, um, is that a lot of these characters are losing their their core. Like Flash, on Flash's whole season, and I haven't seen the season finale that airs tomorrow, um, he's been more more like Oliver Queen, more, I've got to save my girlfriend, save my fiance, and stuff like that, and less, hey, I'm the Flash, I'm smiley, I'm, you know, I'm just, you know, happy-go-lucky, carefree, well, not necessarily carefree, but, you know, I mean, I'm happy, and, you know, Arrow's, like, just getting so, like, more and more sour, you know, with with his outlook on life, and where it works, it also is taking me taking it out for me with the uh, Adrian Chase character. Where I'm like, the dude's a psychopath. Put a put an arrow in him. You would have done this. He would have been a one episode guy the first season. You know, why don't we just go back to that? You know, and get get something better storytelling in here. Um, Supergirl's the one who's maintained her core but at the same time it's the plots are easy for me to predict Corey. that's probably why you quit watching supergirl because if i can predict predict the plots you're like oh nope done i already know i already know how it's gonna end and then legends i legends is the one i haven't had a lot of complaints about but legends is one that i'm like okay this is the most okay it's not a complaint but it's you know it's like DC's version of Doctor Who. You know, that's how I look at Legends. Um, and all that. So this is, I'm hoping it's going to be, you know, it's going to be good. Now, Jackie, what is your thoughts on uh, Black Lightning? Um, First of all, as you were talking, I was trying to get Tom Merritt on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, he, he's he, that was a very... It was a very smart, uh, what you said about how he thought about the characters just kind of losing their core. and. Well, no, he he coined the DCW term on, on here. Oh, okay. And then, and then that was, the rest of it was me, like, them, they're sort of losing their core. I don't know, he might have said that before as well. Okay. But, I mean, it's just a lot of them losing their core. Yeah. You know, it, it definitely feels, I think that's why I haven't kind of dived in i mean I, I i i jumped in when supergirl started because first of all she's a woman you know and like i like women superhero stories and you know i wanted to get into that but that, i didn't i didn't really go beyond cbs and uh you know when it went over to cw and i don't know there's it, it's just uh yeah there are a whole lot of them but however this character i wasn't familiar with black lightning although i am not a big you know comic book person um i am to a degree but only you know I, i've got so many other things going on that it's it's kind of a it's it's not it's not on the level that like your listeners would appreciate and they they're probably gonna they're probably gonna put right now on your itunes don't why is she returning guests why would you bring her back <laughs> no no that's um, part of the part but, of the whole thing about is that we're all nerdy about our own things yes okay. and yeah. certainly gregor and i have 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 okay. a lot of commonality. I'll talk to you about stop motion and animation. You're yeah. a total nerd, and you you <laughs> get mad props from us on the stuff that you're doing. Okay, yes. but yes. however, I do like the idea of this character. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that he's a dad. I love the fact that he's from New Orleans. Uh, 
or New Orleans, depending on your area or your geographic location. Um, and um, yeah, I, 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 this is one that I would, I might actually watch and pick up on, but I am definitely overrun by the CW characters right now, you know, and I, I don't know. I, you know, I just, it's, it's, it would be hard to commit. It was hard for me to commit to Supergirl in any kind of way, even though I really wanted to. I, I'm, I'm going to say this as the, as the person here who, um, you know, watches a lot of the TV, watches the CW shows, uh, reads. Mm-hmm. 30 to 40 comic books a week and stuff like that <laughs> nice. um yeah welcome to my world people who get who are starting to get overrun because that's how i feel with comic books like i'm yeah. i was surprised at the fact that you know oh i've only got 12 comic books to read before Wednesday yeah. when i get oh, more i get that like that. <laughs> and, yeah holy uh, shit yeah yeah it's i one did of those, that like, for 40 years man yeah oh i'm, I'm about to get a, another long box because that one's getting full um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, yeah. So, I mean, I, I like, I like hearing that because, and again, you know, it's, I always look at my, at my nerdiness as if I could share bits of it, like I, like I was, I was about, I'm like, I'm going to tell with you, Jackie, um, you know, keep going with, with Supergirl, um, cause the, you'll get to a crossover in season two with the flash Oh no, no no! I already got there. Like oh, I yeah. skimmed, I skimmed through, and I got to that. Yes. Yeah. Did and you watch that? That's actually the point where I stopped. And okay. I was kind of like, I just okay. It's just I just there's so many there's too many shows. <laughs> well, just, honestly, with just... like this is what I was gonna say. So with that, so if you got to, um, the four part crossover that came earlier in the year, and then just watched that week mm-hmm. to continue on the story because they do hit at some parts. You know later on mm-hmm. um just so you're not lo- lost and then with when it comes to the music the the flash and supergirl crossover in season mm-hmm. two watch that because you're th- that will then give you a better understanding of what the flash was s- supposed to be in the beginning like right. how they had it set up where it's you know, it's Barry singing and dancing. Now he didn't really sing and dance in season one, but I mean, you could tell he was having fun. This was, you know, and Corey has his problems with the episode, and I understand them. You know, um, I, I believe Corey would use a hashtag, not my mu- uh, music meister, or something like that. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I think, <laughs> I think it, it's a silly episode, but it's a cute episode, and yeah. and you're absolutely right. It feels more like what the the Flash had started with. In fact, I've been seeing uh, Facebook memories this month has been concentrating on when I posted this month of of last year, the year before, when they showed the trailer for The Flash for the first time. And it was him and Oliver and The Flash is smiling in the suit. And I'm so taken by the fact that The Flash is smiling. And even Oliver cracked a joke in the, in the preview for it, which I yeah. thought was another thing. When Barry showed up, as the flash with green arrow it lightened green arrow but green arrow at that point in time still had joy in characters like felicity and yeah. that went away they they seemed to be trying to break the joy out of characters that were the one things that you could rely on to bring a little lightness into what was a maybe a dark storyline that week or a dark storyline mm-hmm. all the time on arrow 
And to lose that uh, with Cisco and with Caitlin and Barry on The Flash just made the show a dredge to watch. And while Supergirl certainly is a more lighthearted program, which is sillier, but which is perfectly fine and suits the character, uh, it wasn't the same to me. And I, I hope that they never go to that extreme with her. But doing what they did to the Flash. Is it really fine that it suits the character? I would say not. It does because it's the show that they created for that character. It's been the tone consistently throughout. What happens throughout their the show? Tone. Yeah, yeah, throughout their the- show, and and absolutely, what they were doing to Supergirl and the comics for the like the last ten years before that was such a mess because they just filled her with rage. They made her a Red Lantern for a while. Uh, she was constantly like, "I hate my cousin." She dated Lex Luthor at one point. A lot of things that they did to Supergirl in the comics was just them fudging around trying to make something to make her cool. Whereas I think the show help the comics find a better voice for the character now because they're making her feel like a hero again. And that's what I want from Supergirl. And I don't want her to be that just because she's Superman's cousin, but there is something about wearing that S that means you have to present yourself in a certain way. And it's not an S because it's Superman. I'm throwing up right now, but yes, you're right. Yeah. I just, I, you you are right, but I'm throwing up a little bit. No, I, I completely understand. To me, it's a, it's a purity of what those characters are. I, I always get a little bothered, or more than a little bothered, when they try to make Superman a killer, or they try to make Superman dark, because that's not what Superman is about. That's not why Superman sold and became an icon to people. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you can do a lot of that stuff with Batman. You can do a lot of that stuff with other characters, but you don't ruin Superman. You don't ruin Wonder Woman. You don't ruin Batman by giving him nipples on his suit and having him fight in day glow nighttime shit with Schumacher. (laughs) All of them have the things that make them work. And to break that seems unnecessary and in the long run, stupid. Yeah. I guess a refreshing thing for anybody creating any kind of uh, superhero material based off of traditional characters. I think the refreshing thing for them is that no matter what, you're going to piss somebody off. Because if you put those nipples in that costume, it's going gonna... <laughs> to... Hey, hey th- I, I feel like that sort of well, got Riley redeemed with Lego but... Batman. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I feel like that got a little bit redeemed with Lego Batman because it made a great punchline in the movie where they're like, or they put nipples, or, or I forget the line exactly, but they cut to uh, George Clooney in the Bat costume with it. And I'm like, it's a great line. The kids ain't going to get it, but I got it, and I loved it. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Making fun of your past mistakes is not as good as not making those mistakes in the first place. True. Uh, which is which is not to say anything about the people who made Lego Batman, because they're the ones who got to make fun, but they're not the ones who made the mistake. But it's still the, the long run for the, the Batman character. There was but a dark an easier heart. job for those guys. They got to make right. fun. Yeah. If you, if you, yeah, exactly. And and you're absolutely right. It, with, with a character that's been around for 75 years, you're going to have good moments and you're going to have bad moments. And it's it's impossible to please everybody. And you just make the best stories you can. But I think that there are fundamentals. There's a respect for these iconic characters 
that needs to exist. Not uh, only it, that, the there are enough people, people out there that are goddamn experts on every little inch of every piece of all of these heroes. And, like, if you don't fucking try to reach out to them and bring them in when you're creating the content, then you're failing. I mean, it's fine if you're just like a, you know, a fan creating, like, fan art. Like, that's one thing. But if you're, if you're a goddamn network and you're bringing in, like, all these shows and you're making them your own, if you're trying to connect a major thing like DC with CW, then you goddamn better well bring in the goddamn experts. And I'm sorry. I'm done saying goddamn it. Goddamn God it. Goddamn right. <laughs> sorry. Corey beat me to it. God damn it, Corey. You beat me to it. Um, okay. And our, our last bit of news is one that we, we, we did talk about not covering it, but I feel like it's worth covering because of the fact that it is news. And that is, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to Zack Snyder um, and his family because he is taking a step back from Justice League to deal with a, um, a family tragedy. Um, he recently lost his uh, 20-year-old daughter. Um, and so, I, I and, you know, Evan asked, you know, do we want to cover this? I'm like, yeah, because I got things I want to say about, you know, the fact that, uh, like, because they, they then announced uh, shortly th- then after um, that Joss Whedon is going to come in to direct, uh, direct the Justice League movie. And I look at this in a similar way of, the filming of the, of the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Um, a, a great movie, a movie I love on multiple levels, but it is known as Heath Ledger's last movie because he, he died in the middle of filming it. Um, and the people, the fact that they then got... Right, and they kind of honored him yeah, afterwards. Yeah, they got Johnny yeah. Depp, Jude Law, mm-hmm. um, Colin, uh, Irish one, I forget his last name. Um, Farrell? Yeah, Just? Colin Farrell, to to do to come into this part. Right. I feel like that's what we're getting with this. This is not, you know, I don't think this is going to be Zack Snyder going. I'm done making movies. I think this is like I've got to deal with this, man. I hope not. And, yeah. yeah, and I'll start off right now. I I was like, because I had seen that you know his daughter was 20. I'm like, wait, how old is Zack Snyder? When did he have her? And like, I'm like. He's 51. What the fuck? He does not look 51. Well, 51 <laughs> is young, guys. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah, but still, I mean, I'm like, I would have went, like, I would have put Ryan Seacrest, I mean, I mean, Ryan Styles as older. I actually do mean Ryan Seacrest. Mm-hmm. I was just giving Corey shit for last week. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, I would have put Ryan Styles as being older than, uh, than Zack Snyder, but... I mean, honestly, what I say is this is good on Zach because, because you know, he, like, it's a shame that for any parent to have to bury their child. Um, I've heard that saying in movies, I've heard it saying, you know, quite a bit of, you know, a parent is not supposed to bury their child, the child is supposed to bury their parent. Right. And stuff like that. And so well, loss I... Loss on either side. Loss on either yeah. side is, is, is horrible. And, and this is... This is one of those things that uh, I have not been very complimentary to Snyder's films uh, in the DC universe. 
and and I take no joy in this. Absolutely yeah. not. Uh, this yeah. is yeah. one of those yeah. things. And and we should be clear. He, Joss Whedon isn't coming in and directing the movie from scratch. Joss Whedon is coming to finish some stuff to help out on things. The movie was already filmed. They were going back in yeah. as as most films do, certainly of this uh, caliber of film to help with some rewrites, to help with some punching stuff up, adding a little bit of depth to it, changing a few things here and there. But Joss is someone who has done script doctoring, is in his history. He's cleaned up things before. He knows how to write in someone else's voice uh, Mm -hmm. and to keep things consistent. So Joss is already somebody who's working with Warner Brothers uh, in a capacity as far as he was already planning on doing a Batgirl film. So he's just coming in to help keep things on track while Zach and his wife rightfully take a step away uh, and and deal with some some things and and while they need some healing time. And it makes absolute sense. And Zach knows how the Internet is and said, look, I was going to keep this private uh, because it's very tough for us to even talk about right now. But I know that if I just disappear off this film, then everybody's going to go off and rumor monger and, and say whatever they want to say and believe what they want to believe. And they will anyways. Uh, that's that's unfortunately that's that's how the Internet is, is that we all get to create our own narratives however we choose to. Yeah. But oh, he, shit. He was, I didn't know that part. That's a goddamn shame. Yeah, he he's he was very forthcoming with the wise. And, yeah, that, that and I, I appreciate sucks. Josh stepping in. He doesn't in to, need to. He to doesn't. He it. doesn't owe us any goddamn explanation. You know what I mean? Like he absolutely doesn't. Yeah. No, but yeah. And, but certainly because of people like me, uh, who who sit there and, and and are critical of his work, and you say, oh well, Warner Brothers is replacing Zack Snyder with Joss Whedon, so you know must be a sign that they're they're trying to change things up and and. Some people are going to look at it as a oh. win, but there's no winning in this regard. This is why it's people need to fucking chill and relax when it comes to this Absolutely. whole. So, so Jackie, just, I'll pull. Just the, take I'll... the film that someone's giving you and then fucking yeah. enjoy it. Well, you know, no, I, I mean, I'll, so I'll, I'll give you the, no. I'll give you the example here. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I'll, I need... I'll, I'll give you the example real quick of for for myself in in his last DC movie that he. He directed with uh, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, um, a sequel to Man of Steel. Um, you know, using this and then bringing in Ben Affleck's Batman to, you know, launch this DC world um, mm-hmm. in the movies and all that. And I never saw the theatrical version. I saw the Ultimate Edition and then I read what was added in. And I got mad because where I did enjoy that movie, I, I enjoyed the Ultimate Edition. It's the fact of that they added the stuff in that made it to where I enjoyed it. And then there's other things like like that I had like that were, were there are, are more nitpicky, but still I'm gonna nitpick. Making Jimmy Olsen a a photographer or CIA well, let's operative not, let's that, not tear it apart right now. Let's no, not let's yeah, go into that. Like there's a, like I, yeah. I nitpicked that and all that stuff. And so it's like that's where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm harsh. I was harsh on him, but it's not it was never like okay, he's a bad director. It's just like that's not how I would have seen it going, sort of deal. Like like a movie with about about Superman and stuff like that. And so that's where I'm like, you know, I probably would have been like, wait, what's going on? And then when it came out, but I want to read a quote here that he he gave in an interview, 
um, talk about it because he was at first um, was going to come back and do you know film finish the stuff and you know he go, he goes in my th- in my mind I thought it was a cathartic thing to go back to work to just bury myself and see if oh. that was or if that was th- or that was way through it um he's he said uh, very emotionally in an interview on Monday um with his uh with his wife Deborah sitting by his side who's also stepping back from this um mm-hmm. um the demands of the job are pretty insane it's all consuming and in the last two months, I've come to the realization I've decided to take a step back from the movie, to be with my family, to be with my kids who really need me. They they are all having a hard time. I'm having a hard time. So that's what I want to look at because you look at this is a man yeah. who 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 his daughter was from his first marriage. Um, and but, ha- no, but, but, but no matter who, who like the kids like no, yeah. know, from his second marriage they're all big they're all family and like that that's that, like I, I think i was talking to you in pre-show that like it you know i i know i know grief i know pain mm-hmm. i think i think a lot of us and your listeners definitely know it too and what makes it harder is not only when it's your child yeah who's like you said i believe that they're supposed to die after you but not only that it's suicide and then on top of that it is um you've got other children Mm -hmm. to to kind of get through this with my heart goes out with them in such a oh yeah like i'm about to fucking cry right now yeah like this is is the hardest goddamn thing to deal with in the world yeah this is where because this is where i was getting i was getting at is you know you have with her him and uh, Zack Snyder and Deborah had been raising seven kids and stepkids, so there's I think they're including Autumn in that, and yet where I was saying I was only saying because it was the first marriage, because she's you know where she might not be, she might not be Deborah's biological daughter. She's still very much her daughter, and all that. But then it's like you look at the other kids, and I mean I'm pretty sure they're like I think I think Autumn might have been the oldest, and so it's one of these like you got like you now have to have a talk with all these other kids about why this happened and it is i know it's a hard thing there, there's no time for your own personal grief yeah so exactly absolutely, yeah no i'm sorry I, I i didn't know that you guys even wanted to go down that road of this conversation but yeah no. god damn it we our heart goes out to you man yeah no exactly and i mean like all i can say as a closer to this is grief or go home or you know be with your family grieve um you know mourn come back and make some kick-ass movies when you are when you are ready you know yeah, don't come course. back don't come back for our sake come back for your sake you know sort of deal i think i think a lot of creative ventures at least in my part like when when you see a lot of sock puppet videos that's when you know that there's something wrong with jackie hearn <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> because that's when like i i want to i want to do something i want to i want to do something i want to make something nice and but but i'm all but that also means i'm in a place to do it you know like so you don't have to worry but that that is that is a terrible hard thing and i i didn't mean to i don't know to go on about that but um i don't know the dude i don't really know him i did like batman versus superman a lot and it pissed me off that like it got the criticism it did or whatever but like i mean who knows who, who cares yeah like, um bottom line uh man like yeah that's that's uh yeah it, it that that is the toughest the toughest situation to ever be in life 
Um, yeah. E- even as someone who doesn't have kids and probably never will have kids, um, I I get that completely. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, sorry. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to be a fan of of the guy's work to have empathy. No, exactly. Yeah, it's still it's that's a really hard thing to kind of address, particularly probably in your show. Like, no, yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right, I, I, mean, I, I mean, especially when we're you know we're we're just you know horse shitting around yeah, news right. and yeah. stuff, and it's like, and Evan's even like, do we want to talk about this? I'm like, yes, because you know. <sighs> I've yeah. been that fan. I've been that fan that's like that that you know shit on on his his works here before and if if he if if it would have said hey you know he set you know he stepped away didn't say why I've been like ooh wait what's this going to do cuz he's doing I know he's heavily involved over there and so the wheels would have started turning but it was like stepping away for this reason I'm like okay that makes a lot of sense. I've you know, seen did, people today see the headline uh, Zack Snyder stepping away from Justice League, Joss Whedon taking over, and react of like, oh, fantastic! Because I I love Joss Whedon, I love I love what he, oh. not realizing, but they didn't realize no, no, what no, they was even the deeper story. Yeah. Some people did. Some people were were oh. just like, I don't care why. Uh, this is just Say what I tomorrow. want. But don't that's say... that's exactly it. Is that yeah. there's there's the because people don't always read the stories. Oh. Some people just might be reacting in the sense of like, oh, great. The person I want to direct DC stuff is going to be directing DC stuff, not knowing what the cause was, the the whys of it, which is exactly why he spoke out at all. Yeah. It's just it's really hard because people are going to then come at those people as the like, how can you say that? How can you be that way? And it's going to start people fighting who maybe don't even want to be fighting or have have any kind of no oh my god over an issue that is so terrible but then there are those people on the internet who just feel like i don't have to show empathy for anybody else or i don't have to act like a human being and i can just say whatever i want to say and it doesn't matter because i'm just in human void And, and i just it's it's hugely frustrating and that's why like gregor said i've i've certainly had my criticisms Sure. On the the filmmaking or story choices and things like that, of course. But he's still a person, and I never try to attack him as a person. I, I talk about the art and and my disagreements, and then he's also someone who's making art, which is far beyond what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. me being critical is is sort of bullshit, anyways. Because where's my art? What am I making that he can then be critical of? So yeah. it's it's one of those things. I understand fully that I'm just a guy ranting about movies and characters and stuff on the internet, but I'm also a human being, of and course. as a human being, I I don't ever want to see that happen to somebody. And and we we just had Chris Cornell's suicide this week. Oh God, you know, which affects a lot of people, which affects a whole different group of people. But I think we yes. all feel the same sense of like, here was this person that maybe I didn't know, but maybe I looked up to, or maybe yeah. mm-hmm. their art affected me in some way and it changed me in some way, or it made me feel good when otherwise I wouldn't have felt good. And and I felt a connection in that regard, and now they're gone. And I, I think that we should all kind of look at ourselves and say, maybe you didn't know Zack Snyder's daughter, or maybe you don't like Zack Snyder's movies, or whatever else, but just think about how you felt when you lost somebody. Mm-hmm. That that's what you have to kind of concentrate on, and and yeah. just, and if you haven't lost somebody, good. But still, 
recognize that other people have. <laughs> or, 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 or like I was saying, lost someone and then their loss affects the other people, the, the last remaining people around you that you love and, and you know, give you reason to live, you know, yeah. and then you see them suffer because of it and you've got to you know like that 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 is the most tragic part of that whole story is that yeah you know you know what i mean um that is going to do it for the news and we will be right back if you like what you've heard on this galactic network podcast please consider helping us out financially by going to gncast.com slash support on that page you'll find links to our patreon campaign where you can make a small recurring monthly pledge of as little as one dollar or click on our Amazon affiliate link, make a purchase, and we get a very small percentage from the sale. Again, go to gncast.com support. And thank you for supporting the Galactic Network podcast. And we are back, and it is time for the Else Views. This is the part of the show where, for once in our lifetime, me and Corey actually match on something um, that we are... Uh, are viewing and you know wanting to talk about and our guest brings uh something that they want to talk about as well so um we're gonna do ours real quick and then we're gonna let we're gonna have jackie talk because i've seen a little bit of better call saul i am incredibly behind i feel bad about that because i i love breaking bad and it was just like i'm like i'll catch it later and then other things popped in my head and other things popped in my way that's that's how i how i preface it but we're going to talk um, Downward Dog. This is, I think, one of, if not the first TV shows to air at, um, to air or premiere at Sundance, uh, the film festival. And this was, um, this is filmed in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and this stars Allison Tolman, Ned the Dog, Lucas Neff. Um, Kirby Howell Baptiste, Barry uh, Roth Rothbart, and has the voice talent of Sam Hodges. And so what the show is, is um, you follow Martin. He is a philosophical uh, dog. He is um, owned by Allison Tolman's character of Nan. And it's this heartwarming... And I, I might be slightly biased as a pet owner, but it's this heartwarming show where um, where you're seeing you're, you're seeing all this stuff through through Martin's eyes. Um, in the in one of the commercials that like uh, Martin talks about, she leaves in the morning and then she comes back, you know, seven hours later in her in the same car. And I thought I made it pretty clear I'd love to go on or be in the car for eight hours, but you know, whatever to each their own. You know, sort of deal. Um, but Nan, she's a, a millennial who is, you know, extremely busy with work and ha doesn't have a lot of time um, for him. So it's him trying to get her, um, you know, to realize that he's the master, not not necessarily that she is. Uh, so, Corey, what uh, what did you think of the show to, be to begin with? All right. I, I think one, you called it heartwarming. I found it almost as much heartbreaking yes. uh we, when bridesmaids came out uh we were we were nuts we thought that that movie was the greatest thing my wife and i we we laughed our heads off at it and our roommate uh at the time who, who is one of my very best friends uh f for most of my life 
uh, she is herself a crazy dog lady, uh, which is something that she calls herself, and she's actually named her business that. She saw Bridesmaids and came at it with a completely different perspective, which it was the most depressing thing that she'd ever seen because Kristen Wiig's character in that is going through incredibly hard times. And those are things that my friend similarly had dealt with. And so as I watched Downward Dog, I was surprised that in a comedy block on ABC, which are all very light comedies, we talked about the difference between multicam versus single cam last week. Uh, Downward Dog plays off of some of those ideas, which is we've gotten used to people talking to the camera more, narrating the show a little bit between the office parks and rec modern family where they're talking to the people as a sort of documentary what downward dog does is that the only one who talks to the camera is martin the dog uh everything else is played out as a just general we're we're living our real lives things they're not saying anything to anybody the comedy of it was at, at points incredibly funny but it was funny in a way that you can feel the pain that nan is going through her life is not incredibly successful her love life has gone back and forth she has an ex-boyfriend that she couldn't make things work but she can't quite give him up uh she martin is talking about he likes her and his uh drown yourself in a bottle of wine nights you know it's it's basically he's been enjoying the fact that her life is a mess because she's been spending more and more time with him. And as she's trying to improve things in her life or change things in her life, she's losing the amount of time that she's spending with him. And that's what's causing him to react. That's what's causing him to chew up her shoes or um, in the show, he breaks her project that she's been working on for work, which was the first sign of success that she'd really had at her job. So, it becomes a question of, is my life about me or is my life about my relationship to my pet? And how do you balance the two things? And how does she get to live her life but still be a responsible owner and friend to her dog? Yeah, It was really, you're right, it's touching, but it's also one of those things that just kind of like, weighs on you because that's how i feel sometimes i've got my two cats and i don't like them being alone throughout the day especially my cat who's 19 years old and and gets around sort of okay but relies on me to be at his beck and call for things it's like i came home today it was 80 something degrees and it was hotter in the house and he needed his ice water as soon as i walked in the door and he let me know as soon as i got here and realistically that's that's how it is because they can't do these things for themselves. When you take on a pet, you take on a huge responsibility. And it's not exactly like having a child, but in a lot of ways, it's very similar in the tasks that you have to do uh, because they can't do it without you. Yeah. So, I mean, I looked at the show, and I've actually, I actually saw the show twice. I watched it when it premiered, um, sort of, because the Xbox addiction addiction came calling and so I was playing an Xbox game while I also had my tablet right next to me sit, uh, laying on my couch playing downward dog thanks to the Comcast's um, stream TV app <laughs> not a sponsor um, and just going through and watching and then I watched it again the next day while I was editing the uh, the podcast from last week and I'm sitting there going 
And it was like right then. I'm like, I know what I'm talking about next week. It's this show. I I thought for a second about talking about End of the Badlands, but I'm like, nope, nope. Save that next week. I can talk about that next week. I'm talking about Downward Dog because it's it's one of those like I'm from watching this whole thing. I'm like, is this what is this how my dogs felt or would feel about me? You know, a lot of times because you know I'm I'm the character probably probably around the character's age of Nan. You know, I'm probably around her age and all that stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting, you know, work is picking up for me to where I'm, you know, I'm not as, I'm not home as often. And I'm pretty sure, you know, Gino loved the laying down on the bed, watching TV time that we had and all that, or, you know, or, you know, just being at his beck and call, like, Hey, I got to go outside, dude, let's go. And it's like, my two years of unemployment was a lot of cat time. Yeah. A lot of it. And to then have me go back to work and be gone for all of these hours of the day and every day of the week. It's not like my cats didn't feel this pain of, but where's Papa? You know, where's where's my lap that I sit in every day? Where's where's the person who's always here to pet me? Yeah. Uh, and and again, my one of my cats is nineteen. I've had him for almost half of my life. Uh, I've had him longer than I've known my wife, and. I don't know how much time I have left with him and to not be able to spend more and more time with him uh, is, is hard because one day I'm going to come home and he's not going to be here. Yeah. And beats making the joke of when you have them fixed, I'm like, Hey, I didn't have him fixed. We took him to a vet. He doesn't like those people. He loves me. He don't like them. (laughs) Um, But no, I mean, and I, I look at the show and like one of the things that caught me is I saw one of the trailers. I'm like, that's Lucas Neff. You know, like that's uh, Jimmy from Raising Hope. Yeah. And, it, it took me a second to realize who that was when it's because the beard makes him look very different. Yeah. The beard and the long hair. And I'm like, wait, okay, nice. And it's funny because, you know, leading up, I'd seen in the, tr- uh, the, the top trending section on Netflix, it's like Raising Hope. I'm like, just finished watching Raising Hope. I'm one of the people who brought it up to this. When are we going to get more? But it's like, no, no. The interesting part about this is, and probably my biggest pitch towards people who haven't seen this, Jackie, um, is that from what I've seen, there's only four episodes. There's only going to be two hours of this for the first season. Um, You know, that's what I've seen on IMDb with the, you know, with uh, Allison Tolman's only built credited for being in four episodes, and she's the lead. You know, or if not, she's number two behind Ned the dog, who's playing Martin, and all that. And I mean, it's it's one of those like I look at this because you know they could have they probably could have done the casting of of uh, I'm blanking on her name on of Nan as you know the you know, sort of like every other girl that they cast, you know, where she's like really skinny and she's like, I've got um, so many problems and stuff like that, but they didn't, they cast more, what I would say a, a, a real, a real woman in here. And there's skinny women are real women too, Gregor, but but you know what I mean? You know, I, I, I know, but you just, you have to, you have to be careful because we have the, we have a, a viewpoint of, there's certainly a overemphasis of a, a certain body type in Hollywood, and it's nice yeah. to see more variety uh, of body types and personalities and race and everything else. And that, that I think 
but we don't want to discount it's, one to she elevate another. She was amazing in Fargo. She yeah. was amazing in Fargo. Thank yeah. you. Yes. So this is where. So this is where. This is why I was getting to that before Corey had to stop all the hate mail from coming in. Um, is because there's the moment when she when when Martin destroys the the presentation that she was going to do. You know, literally eating her homework. That oh, where she then. I'm so excited to watch this. No, it's it still works, but there's there's a part where she talks about the fact because it's also in the trailer where she goes, he still looks at me like he's madly in love, um, and all that stuff. Like he's madly in love with me, and all that. And she's talking about her dog. That's the part where I don't think that would have worked if it was. You know, like like Beth Bears, like a Beth Bears body type actress. You know, where she's like super skinny and all this stuff. And like, girl, you're gorgeous. You know, not saying that you know Allison Tolman isn't, but it's like that that typical what Hollywood has casted body type that wouldn't really have worked, and all that. Well, it, no, I used to be gorgeous and I used to be thin and skinny, yes. <laughs> and I just want to say I've always been a Catwoman. And uh, I just want to say thank you guys for turning this episode into a Bar- Barbara Walters episode <laughs> where you're trying to make Jackie Hearn cry. Oh, because also, um, just like, oh. you know, uh, obviously, um, just like you, Corey, I have a cat. He just turned 18. And I just switched him over to this wonderful, wonderful cat food that I would love to play. Actually, when you ask me where can people find you, it's what I want to plug. Um, it's this <laughs> natural cat food that you can buy online. And he is suffering so hard right now, and it is so painful, and it takes almost all the energy out of me every goddamn day because I know he's not, he doesn't have much time. And, like, so, so yes, thank you for turning this into Bar- a Barbara Walters episode because I will fucking cry after watching this, but I want to watch it because now I feel like I know, <laughs> I know, I know I only have a couple of days or weeks or months left with this animal. Yeah, and and I I had four at one time, and I suffered through all of their deaths. Um, so a few I had to put to sleep. One I watched die in front of me. Um, and I know I'm gonna have to put him to sleep, and you know the the pain of that, um, like it is so bad. So I know I I just want to thank you guys for making reminding me of that. Um, when I do podcasting to escape that, thank you. Yeah, um, sorry, but but. <laughs> But look at it from the that's part of the the magic of the show is that it sounds very magical. You're absolutely right. Like for a period of time between uh, being with my ex who I had gotten the cat for her son. No. um, And then being with with my my wife now. But for a period of time, it was me and my cat against the world. Fuck yeah. And 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 it was not (laughs) like I I wasn't even going to take him. He, like I said, he was for my son, and my ex called me one day, and she said, you need to come get your cat. Oh, uh, one, because he, he hated them, uh, and it, he he had a very definite taste for Filipino blood. But two, because she's just like, he's your cat. You know, he loves you. He was always with you. He was always on top of you. And maybe, in a certain degree, she knew that I needed him more. Yeah. But whatever the case is that for a while there, it was just me and Dante. And and I I completely relate to Nan in this because yeah you know, at this point in her life I can't it's just fucking her wait to watch this and the dog it's it's very 
compelling as anybody who's ever loved a pet and certainly as anybody who's ever felt loneliness and the only mm -hmm. thing that kept them from completely succumbing to that was their animal uh being mm -hmm. a dog or a cat i've got a friend who who feels that way about her rabbits I, I i have friends who felt that way about their ferrets i completely comprehend exactly what this feels like and it's it's such an interesting thing to do in a show especially what is being billed as a comedy because in a lot of ways it's hard to make that funny the 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 character of martin says the funniest stuff in the show the the rest of the stuff isn't as comedic because you just you find it too like relatable it's, in a yeah. like i've been there <laughs> That's I'm, that's I'm the kind of surprised by this and the fact that it is on ABC. Um, so that would make me a little wary of it. But but I, I wonder, did you did you guys ever watch um, uh, Wilfred uh, that was on FX? A couple I saw years some ago. of it. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, but that wasn't so much about the dog talking. It was more about you know uh, Toby McGuire. Was it Toby McGuire? Yeah, he he was. No, like, no, it was. Uh, it was oh god now i can't think of his name oh the other one <laughs> right the, uh, the other toby mcguire i just completely blanked on on Shit. frodo elijah wood yeah elijah no, no, wood. No. thank you thank you evan elijah wood right 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 the other toby mcguire um yes exactly Jake um, yeah <laughs> anyways uh yeah i'm sorry um i, I blame it on the gym mean but no. yeah um, yeah, like that—that that was wonderful. It was a great little story, and honestly, it was never really horribly that touching as far as animals until it got to the very last season. Um, and and I guess if you haven't watched it, I won't spoil it for you. But I was oh, like, no. oh my god! Go and I lost a cat at that time. Um, my last of four cats, or the third of the four cats, and now I'm stuck with the last one. And I know when this one goes. Um, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind because I will have nothing. I have no children. I have no husband. I'm going to fucking lose my goddamn mind. So, <laughs> oh, wait, I already lost it. All right, continue on. <laughs> the, the other part I'll add is, and I, it's it's one of those, I didn't realize this was her, but Maria Bamford uh, voices the neighborhood cat in here. Yes. And that's that's the other part that I'm like, okay, this is brilliant. Because you know ABC, oh, they have the shit. yeah they have cat. the yeah they have this tradition of doing um like as the credits are going they're playing they're playing this little bit that's not necessarily poignant to the plot and all that but yet it works it, it's it a you know it ties yeah it's a callback to the episode and it's one of those like now from now on it's like I want to think all cats whether they be male or female their inside voices are Maria Bamford. <laughs> um but yeah so that's downward dog it's the first episode is out now the you can watch it live on tv here in america on abc tuesdays at 8 30 i believe is the time um that it comes out and yeah it's it's i'm expecting it to be really short since on the wikipedia page the imdb they're only showing four episodes so it'll be yeah it'll be June sixth, yeah. it'll be wrapped up. I'm I'm still and, trying to determine if I'm going to have my my best friend watch it or not. If I'm going to yeah. recommend it to her, because and, and the, again, some things are just a little too real. Yeah, and also I will add, this is a a very British style. Like this is a very British experiment that ABC is doing. I'm not, I'm going to say experiment, saying experiment because it's mid season, but 
you know, this is one of the few shows where the creator, Sam Hodges, who also voices Martin, um, is writing three-fourths of the episodes. He wrote the pilot with Michael Killen. He's writing episodes two and three, and then someone else is writing episode four. So that's something that you really you really don't see in American television. Like, I think... I don't know about Fargo because I haven't seen it, but Legion, I think, is the only other show I can think of off the top of my head where the creator is writing the episodes. Hmm. Same creator as Fargo, by the way. Mm -hmm. So, Jackie, now that we've exited the the Barbara Walters portion of our show... um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was going to ask you, uh, Jackie, because... I have, like, like I mentioned earlier, I have a very interesting relationship with Better Call Saul. I, you know, I came into Breaking Bad at the last season. Um, you know, was watching it through, right? Um, through all that stuff. I tried to get caught up to where I was watching with everyone else. I ended up being about a month behind. Um, and then. Like, you know, out, out came news of Better Call Saul, and I started watching it, and I appreciated it. I think the problem that came into my mind, into why I quit watching the show, was there's so much fucking TV on. Yeah. And so, it, it, so it sort of fell to the, to, to the back burner until the point where it's like, oh, well, I can watch it on Netflix. But then there's, you know, Netflix starts doing all these other shows, and it's like, well, I'll catch it eventually. Yeah. Sort of deal. So, um, explain to people first off what Breaking Bad or not Breaking Bad, uh, Better Call Saul is, and then, um, you know, explain why you wanted to talk about it or why you want to talk about it. Well, I I, I don't have to talk about it, and uh, at the the main reason that I was extremely excited about it is because um uh the. the Probably the comedy that has shaped and formed who I am today the most is Mr. Show with Bob and David. Uh, that would be Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. Um, uh, you can watch some their original shows on uh, HBO Go or HBO Now right now. But um, anyways, bottom line, I started watching Breaking Bad because I heard that Bob Odenkirk was casted on, on, on the show. And he had been on a lot of things like Curb Your Enthusiasm and other things, but um, I was really excited about it. So that's when I started watching Breaking Bad. But um, why, like I was saying, why, I said it before, I don't have to go into it, but I think think what I really like about it is that if you ever liked Breaking Bad, Mm -hmm. you're going to really love Better Call Saul if you just give it a chance. And honestly, this season is the season to join if you've been reluctant because people have been reluctant because they knew that like two of the characters, Mike Aaron Trout and Jimmy McGill, who was uh, Saul Goodman were the two main characters, but that was it. And where, where's Jesse Pinkman? Where's Walter White? Um, But this season, they've definitely made the effort to connect the two shows together so much more in a way that almost makes me very uncomfortable uh, because I was really loving and enjoying its own original sort of creation that they were developing in that, in that universe. And I really wanted to see it go further and it, but, but, but I know, I know that it will. 
Um, so uh, Better Call Saul is a is is a great story, not just about Saul Goodman, um, but it, it is it's sort of an expansion on this idea that all of us as human beings, we get to this point where we make decisions in our lives where are we going to break bad or do we not? Um, and breaking bad sometimes takes you down a road that you can't get out of. And sometimes you can. And I don't know, it, it, it's, it's a very, it's a very, um, I think it's a really great, a great insight into humanity and the dark and evil that we all have in our lives and and how how we how we get through life um how we survive how we take care of our family how we take care of the people we love around us and or not and uh anyway so that's breaking bad and that's all i'm going to say about it because i know you guys your time's is limited and if you want to hear more you can follow the lawyer up podcast <laughs> i'm just kidding that's my show on better call Saul. no that's exactly what you're supposed to do is lead people like hey <laughs> you, you do want to hear more and you should listen to that podcast no go check out my puppets screw the bit the good and the bad <laughs> fuck that go check out my puppets no <laughs> see or double, just combine the double. two <laughs> just combine the two and do the puppets on lawyer up oh dude you don't even know i'm i'm actually working right now on a uh a polos armano los polos hermanos thing that I went, to, I was going to like leak out and put out there because I know that they're following my podcast, some of the creators and stuff. So, yeah. like, I want to plug that there and let them see like my little stop motion animation of Los Polos Hermanos. If you, if you don't know what that is, that there, there's a, a chicken restaurant that plays a, a very important role in Breaking Bad, and then now plays a, a very important role in the season of um, Better Call Saul. Um, no, I'm I'm really really excited about Wonder Woman, and I meant to have a photo so I could link it up. So as I was talking, you guys could see me when I was five years old, dressed up as Wonder Woman for Halloween. Um, it was really horrible, but my it was a costume my mother made, and I I took it so seriously. But I I grew up really loving Wonder Woman and wanting to be Wonder Woman, and um. So I'm really excited about it. And there's all these articles out there lately that um, I, I, I don't know, like everything I see so far, I don't I've I've seen very few. Um, I guess in the last week or so, we've heard that maybe Wonder Woman might be good. Um, and and then I don't know if this is a backlash on DC Comics or their movies or is this a backlash on it because it's a female superhero. But um, you know, some of the other stories you'll see if you do just do a general news search on Wonder Woman right now is that there's costumes for women being designed by Hot Topic. So, you so, know, you could you could start buying sweaters and skirts and other things created with the Wonder Woman universe tied in. And this is not something you would see with, you know, a male superhero dominated you would see with Batman or Superman. <laughs> And 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 what and my point is is that um, I don't know I I just I just feel like I like I mean give the woman a break let let her do her goddamn movie and let's see how it goes. Uh, no, I'm I, I, well, I'm I, gonna... have a, I have a shit ton of Batman 
where that would argue with you that this wouldn't happen with one of the guy characters. It, it seems like well, Batman's been on everything, but, but, but do they, I, do I, they I do understand. Sweater? Like, I, I just, it no, seems... No, yeah. Okay, go ahead. This is, this no, is where I, I know get that. At. I'm not it's... a fucking idiot about the... No, no, no. Right. No, no, but, no. This but... is what I... Go ahead. Uh, the, the, this is what I was going to get at is um, Hot Topic. Hot Topic is the store that is doing it, but it is... Um, Ashley Eckstein's uh, company, Her Universe, that is doing this. Right. Her Universe is one of those, as a reaction to the fact that I'm wearing a fucking Superman shirt. In my drawer behind me, I have I'm you know, a, a whole bunch shirt. of yeah. a, a Batman shirt. You know, mm-hmm. I have you know every single... I just bought four, four superhero shirts, but they're all in the man or unisex style, not for women. Oh yeah, it's hard yeah. to and find them in women. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. And to where now there's an interesting thing going on with characters that I like from comic books. But these where... were like, I, did you look at the trailer that was embedded? In, I think it was a bleeding cool uh, vi- uh, article. Like there's yeah. a trailer where there's like this, this, this actually pretty hot looking dress that I would totally wear. No, yes, yeah, <laughs> that's something that they, <laughs> you know, that like... they started doing. That her universe started doing because of the fact that like like I was like I was saying. There's some, there are some like sweaters and stuff on like We Love Fine that I, as a dude, want to own, but I don't think they would fit me because they're made for the fairer sex, you know, <laughs> and all that. Um, but there, it's you know, them doing like this is their the them getting or this is the her, her universe in the fashion side because, um, as like said, she's always had with the with her universe, it's always been like part you know like it's like the t-shirts and stuff but they're in you know the the like the maybe the baby doll style or the um i don't know any other shirt styles that go to women's clothing because that part's a whole mystery to me um Mm -hmm. but you know or you know something more for a woman you know maybe like a tank top or something like that and then there's the more high fashion uh when she she launched this back in um oh when was it it was like three four years ago and they did a fashion line with, you know, based on like I think just mar- uh, like just superhero characters in general. And there were some jackets where I'm like, that's those are kick-ass jackets. Like they had an outfit where it's like, okay, that's just a cosplayer. That's a cosplayer doing like a street version of of Black Widow. Nope, that's that's the whole that's stuff you could buy. Bullshit. That's too cosplay. But it because it looked that good. It looked like well, it looked like the the black widow on the like just out and about uh, around town not you know super cosplay i i I guess what i'm getting at is that like uh has there been a lot of focus i mean say if you were to do a google search on wonder woman and 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 do you know news is there a lot of focus on the actual reviews for the movie because it sounds like the view reviews are pretty good the reviews are actually just starting to come out because they just uh, broke the uh, the yeah blockade. no I know you can't review it yet but as we the... record today they're out there and yet I don't, yeah. I don't know no I don't I, know. I, there's a same thing with I, I, I'm, I, I think... I'm totally reaching because of the fact that I'm on your show trust no, me no, 100%. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it, what, what what I think was there was there's some trepidation because. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, some people did not react to the other DC movies very well. They've, they've been they've been both successful and criticized. 
And so there's been a lot of curiosity as to whether or not Wonder Woman, not only being another movie in that universe, but also but she's a woman. Because it is <laughs> a woman. And because Wonder Woman as a character is so important. And Gregor and I have talked about this at length. I want oh. Wonder Woman to be incredibly successful because it's Wonder Woman. And it's necessary for this film to succeed right. because it's been so long. We have had it's multiple not like having Superman a movie films. Girl or right. Something. We've, we've had multiple movies yeah. with, with Superman. We've had multiple right. movies with Batman. We've had now the entire Marvel yeah, yeah, universe yeah. that still hasn't had a oh, female. No, no, it, is very important. it is very important that Wonder Woman do well. Yeah. But, I, but I also because agree. it's Wonder Woman herself is to me one of the, the giant icons if Absolutely. you asked me tomorrow if it was if dc came to me with the opportunity of which dc character out of the the whole justice league would you want to write as much as through my fandom my life has been batman related stuff i really sure. kind of want to write wonder woman okay. because i want i i see so much in this character that i don't think has been expressed in the last few years because people just haven't seemed to get it every once in a while you get a great creator you'll you'll get a, a gail simone you'll get a greg rucka you'll get somebody who can do something really fantastic with brian azarello brian azarello did a lot of great stuff in the wonder woman book but i don't know that he necessarily did wonder woman right yeah that's that's an argument for another day but okay. <laughs> at any rate i just i really want this movie to be great but there were there are questions because one of the problems i had seeing the previews for it as they were coming out was that she didn't say a lot in the trailers. It seemed like everything was coming from Chris Pine's character, Steve Trevor, or from the Etta Candy character. But Diana herself wasn't getting to talk a lot until most recently. The The first real trailer that came out for it, they started letting her story actually show up on the screen. And then I got excited again. Yeah. Uh, and I want, I want the movie to be about her. I want it to star her. I don't want it to be all these other characters running around and and doing all of the the like we get the best lines and we can do this other stuff and she just shows up in the costume and kicks ass. Yes, I expect she's going to kick ass. Gail Gadot kicks ass in the stuff that she's in. If you watched her in the Fast and the Furious movies, I'm not a big fan of those movies, but I felt like she had a real presence and it stood out. Um, there is just something about her as an actress and as a woman that kind of works in, in this character but i want to see wonder woman be all the things that wonder woman is you know and emphasize things like truth and justice and power Fighting for her rights and her satin tights yes um and and she's got a lot to live up to as well because of that show because she yes that show is 70s yeah and and the the 70s silliness and everything but it's a beloved show to this day Oh, we yeah. still oh, think of Linda oh, Carter oh, yeah. in that in that costume oh, yes. and as Wonder Woman, yeah. and and it's it's just as much an icon to me as Christopher Reeve as Superman or Adam West as Batman, you mm -hmm. know those things still grab me um, and and don't let go. So I want everything about Wonder Woman to be great. It's just that it didn't seem that that Warner Brothers was giving the the trust in the film for a while but also now it seems like in hindsight well maybe they're just holding back because they didn't want to have to compete with the trailers for guardians of the galaxy which is an established thing that Very they knew true. everybody was going to go nuts over so Very guardians true. came out and it's been doing great and now there's no worries about like we're going to get lost in the shuffle because mm -hmm. in the couple of weeks since 
you know, Guardians is still doing very well, but now we've got Wonder Woman right around the corner. And we yeah, can talk yeah, about and, Wonder Woman now. And Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman is everywhere right now, honestly. Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. You know, and honestly, as as... The, my fa- my main thing for Wonder Woman is I don't want her to fail because um, I, I my favorite DC female character has always been Mighty Isis. And there's oh, no yeah. way in hell we're ever going to see an Isis film. Am I right? We probably won't under that name. They did <laughs> a few years ago. They brought ISIS into the comics. She was an anthropologist. Uh, like I'm right. an archivist. I, you know, like I just I loved her when I was a child. And then there was that horrible show, Mighty ISIS. A few years ago in the comics, they they brought her in uh, in a a storyline called Fifty Two, and they made her uh, the the match up with the black adam character because it the the character vices when she started on the tv series it was it matched her up with shazam and there are similarities into how her power set work and how shazam power set work and how they came from mythology and stuff uh, but oh yeah yeah by the end of it the the character kind of disappeared and now the the name is is Isis, kind of yeah <laughs> tanked uh which Not is unfortunate happen. you it know it's very it's, infor- like that's the saddest well, it's not the saddest part about Isis for me, but it's pretty close. It's it's up there. When I first heard the name Isis, you know, and 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 you know the, what we all know of it today, I was just like, God damn it! Yeah, yeah, and and I appreciated when when they started being referred to as ISIL instead of Isis because <laughs> let's 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 take that off the table a little bit. Uh, no, no, the the best one I have with that is the British. Uh, TV show The Last Leg. They actually called them because they calling them ISIS or ISIL is too is too you know playing to their agenda. We're gonna call them a name that they're not gonna like. We're gonna call them Cyst ISIS. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like that, or I go the Philip DeFranco route of Goat Fuckers International. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite. That's absolutely yeah. That's that's all I had about Wonder Woman. Really, it was just that um. Well, let's know. let's talk a little bit about her universe. We're, we're like a week. We're like a week away. I think, or two weeks away. Yep. Uh, next I, week. Yeah. I mean, the uh, hype. I don't know. It just. I I don't know. It's so. Here's here's the one problem I have, and this is piggybacking on DC, and this is, you know, yeah. With, this is that everyone's like, oh, if she this was Marvel, movie has to be. She'd be getting this kind of criticism. Go. If she okay. I don't think so. Okay, do you mean like if this if this was Marvel, like if she was in Marvel right now or Marvel early on? Yeah, I don't know. Just go, whatever. Because because if it was Marvel right, if this was like you know her like good Marvel right now, I don't think there would be the oh well she has to be good, you know she has to set up you know this whole universe thing. I think there'd still be an air of that because of the fact that it would be the first female led. Yeah. Much in the way that they're going to say those things about Captain Marvel, but Captain Marvel is going to have the thing going for it or against it, depending on the success of this film. Yeah, you know, and 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 Wonder Woman itself is riding off of the fact that Elektra and Catwoman came out years ago, and people oh, are going to forget the really? fact that it's not about those movies were female-led films; it's because they were shitty yeah. movies. You know, you can, but at the same time, the first okay. Hulk movie was a shitty movie. The the Daredevil movie 
a lot of people believe is a yeah. shitty movie. So it's not so much that those characters were ever the problem. And there were certainly shitty films with guys in the, in the form too. It, but people will determine whatever they want their narrative to be. I am very intimidated talking to you guys about this, but I don't know if that's the right. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm looking at and looking at it in my small little worldview of it. So, but that's, it's not as broad as you you guys. So, no, that's what a but, lot of people like think is because of the fact that this is the first, the first female led superhero, that there's, and especially with DC, with the fact that a lot of fans myself included i feel like the dc movies they've been excuse me they've been trying to play catch up catch up to marvel so much that it's not it was it was like what Corey said earlier where it's yeah because they they announced what three years ago at comic-con after after man of steel a slate up until 2020 right you know back they can't get directors to stay on the films for some of those characters yeah and and it I'm was talking like, about the Flash, by the way. I'm not talking no, about no, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's so it's one of those things like like I could see that play from Marvel because Marvel at that point had five six years uh, or more of movies, and Marvel's they, been having success with movies like Guardians, which does not have a huge following, like Superman, Batman, or Wonder Woman. Yeah. Marvel's been having success with movies like Ant-Man and Doctor Strange, which are not known properties in the way that the Trinity are, or even Justice League is. So Marvel has been proving themselves, not just with their, their mainstream characters, but with their second, third, fourth tier characters in their films. And that's why I think that they get more of a pass. Now, a lot of people are also very critical of Marvel, because, well, all the films sort of feel the same. Yes. And and that that's a, a very valid criticism, and I completely agree with that. I have also found that as they've gone on, some of the Marvel films for me have not been as successful as far as what I've enjoyed before. And maybe they're getting a little old, not just necessarily because they're repetitive, but because maybe some of the spark and shine is gone. Maybe we do need something different. But I think... What I've seen, the reactions that I saw from Batman v Superman, even people who are critical of the movie, uh, like myself, they felt that they really enjoyed Ben Affleck as as Bruce and Batman, and that they thought that Wonder Woman pretty much ruled the whole thing. When she showed up on there... Really? Yeah. And nobody re- liked Harry... It was a Harry Carville? Or- Henry Cavill. The, Cavill. The prob- the prob- I remember him from the Tudors, but yeah. yeah. The, the problem with Henry Cavill and his Superman is the fact that with this being a Superman story, you then relate it to the other characters. And you get, like, this is the, the Man of Steel argument that Corey, Corey has said numerous times, and he will correct me if I'm wrong, but... It, and Because it, I, felt, I felt like with Su- Superman, they sort of missed the heart of the character. Like, like, much like you will probably feel this way if, and I'm hoping this doesn't happen, but if the if they they make wonder woman just straight out of left field nowhere near any way of um you know how she was in the comic books how she was with you know with linda carter being her they go with the tv Kathy crosby version of wonder woman from the old tv movie yeah um you know something like you that. mean something... not a dominatrix <laughs> i'm sorry 
<laughs> I'm going back to the original. Yeah, one. the original but, Wonder Woman, the the lie detector. But uh, yeah, but yeah. but like like Beatmaster saying with you know with both Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman. Superman in, in there is played a lot like a messiah, like a Jesus uh, type character, which it does. It makes sense because of because of his power set. But then it's also like you get like Corey mentions um, where you got Jonathan Kent, who does not behave like Jonathan Kent. Jonathan Kent would not say, don't, you know, don't show your powers or let me die to out of fear and stuff like that. Uh, for um, me, for me, Clark was always an incredibly human person who had extraordinary abilities. Even though he was an alien, he was raised by human parents who taught him what humanity was about. And so when I've watched these films, I don't get that connection to the Superman on the screen in the way that I feel like I should. And when, But I'm spoiled by things like Christopher Reeve's version of the character yeah uh, i'm i'm spoiled by the the comics that i read for a long time and it seemed to me that watching man of steel it was like watching superman from the outside you never really get into his head you never really get into his real motivations and when i well, watched I mean, batman well, be superman that's kind of what they did with wonder woman too because she's a mystery in it so you, uh, didn't, you didn't get that with man of steel but so are you saying you didn't get it with Man of Steel or do you you didn't get it with uh, Batman versus Superman? I got even less of it in Batman versus Superman. It seemed course, like he was but, hardly a character in it. Of course, but we just came, we just got uh, uh, Man of Steel. So like coming from But that, I didn't feel it in Man of Steel either. Okay. And in Man of Steel, I, I felt like it was, it, part of it is the fact that everybody treated him as suspect. Yeah. Um, and and it 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 bothered me, and I didn't like the way that they tried to motivate the character in the first place with Jonathan's death, uh, with the maybe you shouldn't cha- save the kids on the bus, that kind of stuff did not work for me, uh, in in the way that Clark was raised. It, Clark was raised with a a belief that life counts above all else, and and protecting others counts above all else, and family counts above all else, and so it it changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The dynamic of of what Superman was to me. Now I'm not saying they can't fix that, and I'm, I have nothing against Henry Cavill as as the actor in the role. I just didn't enjoy what they gave him as a story to work with. Um, I sure. felt like from the previews and stuff I saw for the movie, I was sold a film that was going to be one thing, and then when I sat there and watched it, it was something else entirely. And so that's how I reacted to it. But again, it's not to say that I'm right. It's just that what I want out of a Superman film was not what they gave me. Uh, I felt much more in tune with the the idea of what Superman was from things like the Iron Giant. Uh, That that to me spoke more of of what I see as heroism. But again, we're talking about Superman in a Wonder Woman segment. Wonder Woman matters to me more because she's not Superman. She's not Batman. And we can't treat her the same as we treat those characters. I don't right. want her to be treated the same. And I want her mythology right. to be a part of the, the whole story. So it's not just I want Wonder Woman fighting Nazis, even though that's where she started out. And that's not what she's going to be in this because they put her before that. I want to understand her connection to 
her the Amazons. I want to understand her connection to her heritage, to yeah. to the gods and everything else. I yeah. want to explore all that stuff because that's what makes her so amazing. Is she, oh, God, she encompasses yes. so many different things. And on top of that, she's she's a warrior, but she's also a peacemaker. You know, she's someone who goes to people and and tries to stop war before fighting. And I I was worried again because she a hawk and dove. <laughs> she kicks so much ass in Batman v Superman, but I like her even more when she's not physically kicking ass. Uh, that that's there's just so much about her that I really respect and love as a character, and I just want to see them get that right. And so I don't want it to be a action movie just for the sake of being an action movie, but at the same time, they need to put some of that in there because maybe guys aren't going to go see that movie if that's not there. You know, how many men saw Tomb Raider in the theater when it came out? I don't know. I don't know how the film did uh, off the top of my head, but I'm hoping that they will be able to look past the fact that this is a film starring a female lead and a female character and, and they're not going to have to trick people in the way that Disney did by saying, well, we can't name our princess movies after princesses. We have to call we have to call it Tangled. You know, we, we have to call it Brave. We have to do these things to make you not realize that this is going to be a movie starring a woman. Uh, I, I think that Wonder Woman is should be front and center in her own film. Well, hey, I'm going to make a suggestion to you guys publicly because um, I know we got to wrap this up. But um, I, I want to say this in front of the world that if um, if you don't have someone in the next month or the next or the weeks following the release of uh, Wonder Woman, and we've all seen it, I would love to come back and talk about it with you guys. Open um, invitation. Okay. All right. So I just plugged myself there. Yay. Okay, but but that's fine. You're gonna have a million other people who are gonna be much more educated and better to talk about it than I will be. There's a, there's but. there is a point in in time for <laughs> getting the educated people on there, um, and also to throw in there, Corey, uh, the box office for the first Lo- Tomb Raider, Lorecroft Tomb Raider, that starred Angelina Jolie, was uh, two hundred and seventy four point seven million dollars. They had a budget of a one fifteen. Um, yeah, so not a runaway success of of the action superhero genre stuff today, but still, yeah. a, a, I mean, it it earned itself a sequel. Yeah, um, but I mean, because with this, like honestly, like Corey said earlier, our show here is about what the things that we are passionate about you are passionate jackie about wonder woman because you grew up you know with wonder woman that's much sure. like why that's much why like why you saw a little bit of the passion of with when in the venom story because i grew up on spider-man spider-man was the guy that you know i watched you know because that was you know that was what on saturday morning cartoons and, i always dig spider-man yeah yeah <laughs> and so i mean it's one of those like you know he'll he'll always be the first superhero that I really got into. And then, you know, it, it later expanded to the X-Men and to Iron Man. And I think Fantastic Four had one out at the same time. Um, and then later went with X-Men and X-Men and X-Men because they kept doing X-Men cartoon shows. And then occasionally would do a Spider-Man show. Um, I sort of missed the MTV one, by the way, um, with Neil Patrick Harris voicing Spider-Man. Um, but I mean, and it's one of those like I could, you know, we could, you know, if we could, you know, get like get like you know someone who knows 
like who is like you know deep Marvel or DC or you know specific character history on here, great, you know. But if we can get passionate people in here talking about the stuff that they like, you know, like why they liked it, why they didn't like it, even better. Because I mean, you know, then it's like you know real people. Like, hey, you know, like, well, Jackie seems like a sort of person like I am, and she, you know, loved the movie. I think I'm going to love the movie, too. You know, that that's that's how I always look at it. Like, I always look at people like, you know, it seems like they have a similar opinion that I do. So what do they think of oh, this? I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. And and I, I talked about this, I think, a little bit last week. My wife is not into comic books. My wife is not into the Marvel or DC universe stuff or anything. She likes Spider-Man somewhat. And I remember seeing those movies with her, uh, the first one at least. But honestly, I was super excited when I got to take her the first time to see the Guardians of the Galaxy. I went and saw it by myself because that's the way I usually do the super movie stuff as I go and I see it by myself and I just like, that's how it is. When I saw it, I instantly said, my wife is going to like this movie. My yeah. wife will want to see this movie. And so I took her to see it, and she loved it. And then I think she bought me the the Blu-ray for it and everything. And then when the second one came out, I just kind of waited to see if she was going to have the interest to go see this one. And yeah, she's like, yeah, we got to go see that. We, we saw it together. And again, she loved it. And that makes a difference to me because she's not the super fan. Um, but I am her fan. You know, and and her enjoying this matters to me. It makes me enjoy it that much more. It's something that we get to share together, and she doesn't come at it from the the years and years of reading the comics and and knowing the history and the creators and everything else. She comes at it as it was just a great movie, and yeah. and sometimes that's all we need someone on here to say is that did you like this movie? You know, not because you're a Marvel person or a DC person or a Valiant person or whatever, but just because did, did this movie? It's it's better some in some ways that you don't have that history because you just come into it without an expectation and you just say yeah this movie was great i was excited i was happy this is exactly what i wanted to see from it that that to me is is just as important if not more important than our opinions as nerds in in all honesty i mean jackie thank you again for being here with us um you know it was it was great you know i mean even if you aren't the first person to come back, we're, I'm going to count it anyways because, I mean, Sean's like family as well. You're family, but, you know. Oh, no, hey. Sean, Sean, Sean should be the first. <laughs> no, he's um, But, no, so, I mean, in all honesty, thank you for coming back um, and joining us and bringing, you know, these great point of views to things that, you know, we might not think about because, you know, we, we do tend to get in ruts. <laughs> From time to time, with like, oh, here, here, Corey's gonna say this thing now. Now Greg's gonna counter oh, with this. I appreciate that. And all that. <laughs> Anytime you need a naive, uneducated version of somebody who seems to love and enjoy all of this stuff but doesn't know <laughs> shit about it, invite me back. You have an open invitation, like Corey said. <laughs> um, but so we plugged the. Uh, where do you want people to go to find like, where would be a good place for people to go to find out more about um, Jackie Hearn and all the things that she does? If you really want to know like the most about me, you can stalk me on Twitter. I'm at Jackie Hearn 81. And that's where in the, particularly in the middle of the night um, in the U S time, I'm posting things that I delete early in the morning because I realize they're very inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so you can do that. Or um, I, I've, I've got JackieHearn.com, but I don't ever update it. Um, honestly, like I would love for you to follow my YouTube. I'm YouTube.com slash JackieHearn where I'm posting videos i'm going to be doing a shit ton of them in the next couple months but um i got a little patreon thing going where i i i post um i i'm i'm, I'm working on because we originally we talked about stop motion versus animation i'm working on trying to create more animation stop motion combined with puppetry and uh, I don't, my Patreon is not something where I really want your money, particularly if you have a Patreon, give me a dollar. I'll give you the dollar right back because these days with Patreon, you can't really make any goddamn money. So the benefit of it is networking. And so that's why I would totally like, you know, that, that I, I, I it, it, the point is, is that I want to get that out and I want to do something short term. And then once it's done, then I want to find people who actually do CGI. That's not my ex-boyfriend that I mentioned at the earlier, early in the show, who's an asshole. <laughs> oh man, just shut me up. The Jim Bean is talking now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Patreon.com slash Jackie Hearn. And, and uh, but hey, I know of another Patreon that's really awesome. It's patreon.com slash galactic nut i think i just donated to it this week right sounds about right yeah galactic netcast Galact um, yeah galactic netcast yeah so yeah. go there just give them money they it, it'll be more beneficial there yes exactly um <laughs> like jackie said go to there um but also contact us you can leave us a voicemail at 805-328-3966 um you, or you can send us mail at elsnerds.com that's you know send mail to mail at elsnerds.com for all of our subscription links you can go to gncast.com slash subscribe um you know you can join our facebook page over at facebook.com slash galactic netcasts follow the show on twitter at elsnerds the network at galactic netcasts you can follow our producers evan is at mr underscore fusion um beatmaster who's also our wrangler is at beatmaster 80 uh you could find me at that gregor or um on instagram at gregor 1942 um i'll be posting some fun nature things because i'll be going up to the upper peninsula and there's nothing but trees up there um and cory where could people find you well, I'm going to sacrifice my where people can find me this week to help Jackie make good on her promise. Jackie, you were going to tell people about the <gasps> the the food you were mentioning, the cat food. Oh, you did not. Really? Thank yeah. you so much. It's called Darwin's Pets. Um, you can go to Darwin Pet. I think it's Darwin's Pets or Darwin's Pets Food. I'm looking it up right now. They are. It's Darwin's Pets on Twitter, at Darwin's Pets. Um, so DarwinPet.com. And um they uh there's actually a documentary right now on netflix that came out recently called pet fooled and they explain you know what is completely wrong with pet food and you know i thought i was buying the best pet food for my cats all these years and i looked at the ingredients like all the byproducts and and and, and corn and all this other stuff that was really just horrible for them and threw it all out i bought this stuff um, they they ship it to you. They you for fourteen ninety five you get a um, a seven week supp supply of it. They send it to you with dry ice, and believe me, it it arrived when the temperatures were in the eighties here, 
Um, it arrived perfectly fine and it was great. And, and my cat, I've got a little video I can show with you guys that I, I took a video of the cat eating the first meal of it. And, and my cat was making this noise like, <laughs> like then I never, I'm sorry to do that on the mic here. Cause I know, you. Guys no, no, that. <laughs> but that, it was so, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, these guys are great. They're great people. Not only that, I've been on the phone with them because they were worried about making the cat to transition because my cat is 18 years old and he's, he's, he's dying. He's dying left and right all over the place. And it makes, it makes my life fucking insane and crazy. But this pet food has given him like a little extra little pep. And I just wish I had found it 18 years ago. Um, so Darwin's Natural Pet Fit Products, uh, they, they, they make raw dog and cat food. Um, you can cook it if your cat or dog refuses to eat raw food. But it's made the natural goddamn way that these cats and dogs eat food. And it's perfect. And um, anyways, I, 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 I don't get any goddamn money from them. But I love them to pieces. And it's the best thing to come in my life in the last five years. So yep. thank you. So thank thank you for letting Pet. me. It's darwinspet.com is their yes, website. Yes. Yes. And I get not a penny. Yes. Not a sponsor. Um, the other part and go there. Um, so the final thing to be said is this has been a don't tell Glenn production. We will see you guys next week. Or else. Meow. You share embarrassing photos of Corey. Oh shit! I didn't set you mine. <laughs> and I, I set this strictly for you. That's me uh, when I was in nursery school in a homemade Robin the Boy Wonder costume, because they did not make or sell Robin costumes in the stores. So I had to <laughs> have my my grandmother make one for me. And yes, I am wearing pantyhose, which they told me were tights, uh, underneath my my little green shorts. Uh, because oh, they good. insisted that Bird Ward must be wearing tights on the show. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I was the only Robin in a room full of Batman and one Wonder Woman, but they were all store-bought costumes, and I was the, the lone sidekick at my school. <laughs>